second place finish. Yeah, I got to shout out the uh, Turn 2 Terror Boards over there. Uh, they're all a bunch of good guys to hang out with, talk to. I, I really like them. What's going on out there? It's the Turn Two Terribles podcast. I am Jimmy here. I am with Chris. I'm with Josh. And back for another round again, it's Jeremy Zarfos over here. We are the Turn Two Terribles podcast. We're here back for episode 12. Uh, we got a lot to talk about this this week. We got um, NASCAR at Richmond as the uh, NASCAR playoff picture is really starting to take shape and, and the regular season's coming to a close. We'll preview Watkins Glen next week. Um, and a couple other uh, NASCAR topics, uh, Texas and Auto Club getting, re- well, Auto Club getting reconfigured, Texas potentially. No schedule release yet, which is kind of late in the year. Um, and then we're also going to recap the Knoxville Nationals. Uh, you know, biggest biggest week of sprint car racing pretty much in the year. Uh, a lot to talk about there. And then we'll also preview, um, you know, the races coming up. And then we got Drink It and Dump It. So uh, just uh, welcome on in. Thanks for everybody who uh, is watching out there and has been checking us out. It's really appreciated. Um, You know, when you guys got a comment or something, don't be afraid to shove it in the chat and argue with us a little bit. Uh, First, uh, Chris, welcome back. You were here in spirit last week. Yeah. How, How was it? Not bad, you know. Nothing, nothing wrong with sitting by a fire watching the podcast and interrupting at the end for sport. But it was a good week, you know, camping all week, just kind of relaxing. Awesome, awesome. Josh, how are you doing? Good. Ready? It was a good weekend of racing. Hell yeah. Good racing. The <laughs> first time um, maybe ever that I'm actually excited for the Glen. Awesome. I, I'm, I'm excited too. Jeremy, how are you doing? Welcome back. Basically becoming a regular now here, so it's much appreciated. You bring some great takes, and it's great to see you, as always. I'm going to take the Josh Aaron approach. Uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we have him here for, boys. My, my guy, man of, man of many words. I'm glad Chris <laughs> is back, didn't get lost in the woods. Mildly better signal this week, and is slightly less intoxicated, I think. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so far. I just started good. 
Good to see you back, buddy. Appreciate you guys having me again. <laughs> well, this works out though. See, Jimmy and I talk too much, and Josh just kind of is our assinuator. He just brings it in, doesn't have to talk. He sits there and shakes. He his says head. he says the smart stuff. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's get into it. Uh, Kevin Harvick wins back-to-back races. He takes it down at Richmond in a very Richmond race. Um, Ross Chastain gets into it a little bit with Kyle Busch. Ty Gibbs and Kyle Busch have a great battle throughout the race that was definitely telling of maybe what the future is. Um, and, you know, it wasn't wasn't bad overall. The racing wasn't bad. The cars had a couple multiple lines to run. Um, but it was just long green flag runs. You're getting to the point where you had 12, 13 cars on the lead lap, which isn't bad necessarily, in my opinion. But um, just something with these next-gen cars on short tracks doesn't seem to be gelling well. Um, but we could get into that. Um, well, Chris, you didn't watch the race. You had to hear me bitch about it. So, Josh, what did you think of the race? I, I think you said it perfect. It was a Richmond race. I mean... First two stages were super boring. Um, you know, the only good part about it was when they got, you know, the last couple of cautions and kind of changed up the whole field. But other than that, I mean, it, it wasn't wasn't a good race. I haven't seen the Pacras tweet yet, but I'm sure this is probably one of the worst. It's probably with the other Richmond race, one yeah. of the worst ones of the year. The Jeff Clark as as viewership. Yeah, the Jeff Clark one. Oh, yeah, the Jeff Clark. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy, what did you think? Um, honestly, I think it was better than the spring race. Um, I think yeah. having the top line show up and they weren't expecting it early with early, you know early tire runs, having guys just be able to blast around the top was kind of cool. Uh, you know, there was tire wear, there was altering strategies, there wasn't a lot of cautions, which created this double this uh, short pit or you know splitting things in half and other guys going longer. It really created some cool comers and goers and big speed differences and you know those guys as a leader sitting there going this guy's blowing by me you know three seconds a lot faster was kind of a a wild scene right you know seeing those like kind of that dynamic um you know i i i looked at that race and richmond is one of my favorite tracks and it's had good races over the years this race was i think better than the spring race um but you know denny actually said it after the race about like if you're looking for side by side bumping a bang this is not the track this is no. this is you know this is short track racing but it's not physical uh i, I thought that was kind of a right you know uh, but i think as long as there's tire wear and if you get the green flag run you can have some strategy stuff play out i don't know if harvick was the best car all day but he was there again but it mattered and did it right so it just one of those races for me. I thought it was, I was entertained. Kyle Keen says, We're all his heroes. Thank you so much. <laughs> Kyle Keen's our hero over here. Uh, yeah, I agree with everything. I felt like the only thing I kind of disagree with there is uh, I didn't feel like there was a lot of pitch strategy going. Only in the second stage, where the stage was a little bit longer, but even in the final stage, where the stage was the longest. I didn't feel maybe it was because of the cautions. I'm not sure, but I didn't feel like there was really the the most off pitch strategy had was some guy staying out about six, seven laps later. So I, I there were comers and goers, but not as much as you would expect. And there, it, I just didn't think it played as much. It played a little bit of a factor for sure, but 
I mean, because we saw Christopher Bell come at the end because he was on a little bit fresher tires. But, um, yeah, I agree. I think the uh, weather changing towards the end of the race, it started getting darker, got really cloudy. And that really, I think that affected more than some of the pitch strategy. That's what it sounded like, at least with some of the guys talking about their cars. Harvick alluded to it, that his car came on when the when the sun went down. Logano said his car, who dominated, he he led over half the race. His car went away once the sun went down. So um, it was interesting, though. It, it was more interesting than the spring race. I'll agree. Yeah, I think um, I think I think you know Kevin Harvick was going to run. I think Junior even said it on the thing. You know, Kevin Harvick was going to run a Kevin Harvick race. He was going to get on the bottom, and he was not leaving the bottom. And it wasn't fast until it started getting dark. And then when track cooled off, that outside line just kind of faded. And it became a race at the bottom, and you're not going to beat Kevin Harvick running bottom all the way around the track. Yeah, Chris, you got to listen to it, right? You didn't get to see yeah. it. You yeah, to it? I was. I saw the first day like, twenty laps, and then had to go do things. So I listened to it on the radio and followed on Twitter. Um, sometimes it's interesting. The radio obviously always makes it sound a million times more interesting because that's their job. But I think they, they hit it right. Like uh, the one cycle, one old Bubba Wallace and Ryan Blaney pitted for tires, and they were the first cars there, and they made pretty decent runs up into the top 10, and then it kind of stalled out. And then Blaney doing that, I think he was one of the first cars to pit on that green flag run then, which was kind of odd. Um, it seemed like more, though, some of the temper started boiling over. Like guys were having bad days, like Ross Chastain um, and and then Kyle Busch, and it was Ty Gibbs. It seemed like some of those people that were having, that were a couple laps down or frustrated, they started just beating and banging with guys, and that added a little spice to it. Uh, but I mean, Richmond is not my favorite short track. It, even with the old cars, it raced more like an intermediate to begin with. You couldn't get aero damage. Um, I think Bristol will be an interesting short track concept for the car, but Richmond is it's Richmond. It's a, it's a rhythm-type racetrack. You need clean air. Clean. Like, look at Ross Chastain led what the first forty laps. I think it was sixty laps. Just clean air. Got the got the lead and ran away. And then yeah. next thing you know, he's a lap, two laps down. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, Chastain there. Um, Jimmy's a big fan. I think uh, anybody who's listening to the show, uh, it's one of Jimmy's least favorite uh, people. And you know, I, I've I backed him up, and I've been like, hey man, this guy's aggressive. He does not give a flying um f okay and it showed again this week and it's getting harder and harder to defend or it's getting harder and harder to be like okay yeah cool I, it's every week i mean in the I, incident I but in that in that case with kyle bush i i saw on twitter some talk where it looked like he wasn't necessarily doing typical chastain stuff it looked more like he was outside of ty gibbs moved up it just caught kyle bush now I think he's getting the hate from the Gibbs teams and everyone because of what he's been doing. And you kind of build your own grave in that. But I don't think that was a typical uh, Ross Chastain type thing, the way he took took care of See, that one. That one to me, I just I feel bad for Chastain now because he's just going to get shit racing, from yeah. everybody. Kyle Busch came down on him coming out of the turn. And you look at Michigan. You had Michigan he had Bell move up on he Double was trying to be him. the nice guy and leave the bottom open because he knew Stenhouse <laughs> was down there. And Kyle Busch came down on him. Josh, he was he knew what he was doing. He started smiling as soon as it started talking. But it's the same <laughs> thing as Michigan. 
he got all the blame for turning Bell, and Bell clearly left the lane and decided that he didn't want to leave a lane anymore and wrecked himself. But Chastain got the blame for that because his nose was there. It's like, yeah, you can lift. I get it. Yeah, I don't think he got the blame at all for Michigan, and he didn't deserve to necessarily Not really as much as he this one. But I think they're Not very much, much the same. As he could have gotten. I think the Michigan yeah. thing, everybody kind of saw what Bell did and mm-hmm. put that more on Bell than anything. The only thing people gave Chastain for in Michigan was. Did you need to do that right there? Did you have to right. be that aggressive? And it ruined his race and Bell's race, right? And I don't think Chastain mm-hmm. intended that for that at all. It's having to be a Gibbs car again. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if Ross knew in Michigan, it would have ruined his race too. I I, I don't know if he does it. I I don't I don't know. Maybe think, sounds like maybe he would have. But you know this one, I I don't know, man. Just I think no one else did take his take with Chastain. He's always been hyper aggressive, driving shitbox cars mid. 15 to 30 place cars trying to make away. He's finally got a competitive car and he now doesn't need to do that as much. And he's still learning that um, to some degree. He's an aggressive driver, but he doesn't think I'm only dead. Everyone from the outside that's detached looking at the Ross, why'd you do that? You were going to blow his doors off on the backstretch in his head race mentality. I got to do it now. And that's what's got him in a lot of trouble this year is not realizing the bigger picture with his car and how fast it is for sure. Um, it's his first year in a good good car, except for the calling car, which was a top 10 car back then. So, Jimmy, you get ready to go. Just, just go. <laughs> I know it. I've been waiting you on it. You can see his face. He's go ahead, waiting. Jimmy. All right, let's give it to us. So, honestly, I don't – I first of all, rip the cushion over here with Crash Stain. I am forever going to use that now. I almost said it by accident <laughs> earlier. Crash Stain is, is – he's really – He's that's really what he is right now. And it's, you know, what I just heard a lot right now from you guys that are kind of defending him is just a lot of excuses because you don't have this problem with any other driver. You know, there's aggressive drivers, there's conservative drivers. They're not getting into incidents every week. It's just not happening. I don't put this one. I, I don't put two. I put blame on him uh, on this wreck this past week, but there were three wide. Kyle Busch came down a little bit. Chastain gave the 42 a little too much room. He could have went down a little bit. Either way, they're three wide. You know, somebody's there has got to back out. Something's going to happen. At the end of the day, it comes down common denominator, and that is Chastain. That's that's who it is. And and at the he's got he's got to figure it out because he's just he, and you know you said the you said the Gibbs cars are his biggest enemy. Kyle Larson didn't want to deal with him last week. I think Chris Buescher said something about him this past week. It's even when they're not getting into crashes, they're having problems with him the way they race on the track. He's got to figure it out. And but. he's been in good equipment for a couple of years now. Ganassi was still better than anything else he was in. He was yeah. with colleague. He know he should know by now. And God, God save us the all. There's another, there's another Chastain coming in the truck series. He made his debut <laughs> in, in the in God save us all. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't that many years ago. Joe Logano in the 22 car was in the same exact situation where every week he was getting into somebody in the whole garage trying to kick his ass. Matt Who, Joe Logano? Yeah. Yeah, and, and he's, he's still that way. way. He's still but one he's of the most not, drivers in the garage he's not. He's not to the level he was. He's not getting in fights every week on pit road. He's not having a melee at Texas. He's figured out a little bit how not – he can I'm basically not jerk, but he's not like, – I'm I, not saying that Chastain can't figure it out. I'm saying right halfway through the season. He has to. He has to. But at the same time – 
Joey Logano earned a lot of those guys' respect too. Eventually, yeah, won the championship. I don't, I don't know. Chastain's not getting any respect from these. I love Chastain because Chastain's <laughs> a, he's an old school racer. You give him an inch to put his nose in there, he's putting his nose in there. That's that's the way they all. Used to, you know, go watch any old Dale Earnhardt race. I mean, that, no, Dale Earnhardt's great. You can't compare anyone to him. He didn't do anything wrong. So, no, he's praise Dale. I, I, I don't think Chastain's getting any respect from these other guys either, so I don't think he's going to drop them with respect. There's a difference, though, with put taking an inch and just flat out missing corners and wrecking guys and destroying their race cars. I sure. don't think. Yeah, Dale Earnhardt did that a little bit, but you know, nah, obviously the most famous one is Terry Labonte, but that's for winning the final corner. That's totally different. That's not lap 150 of 400. <laughs> it's last lap at Bristol this in the last corner. That's a lot this different. all started at what? Coda. Coda on the last corner. On the last corner when he just tried to take all the right. digger out into the ball. And, no, and everybody applauded him for it. Everybody right. loves so What's the difference now? Other than it keeps happening. Yes, he has to figure it it's out. It's not on the last lap. That's the difference. He's making these races fun, boys. Making them fun, causing chaos. Chaos corner. Get a Ross Chastain diecast in your chaos corner, bud. Nope. 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 Yeah, this <laughs> is like chaos. I'll, I'll drop I'll drop one off when I go to Bloom sometime. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> the chaos corner back here. Except for Jordan Gibbler. Shout out Jordan but, Gibbler. That's all he, but he has Dakota, and that's chaos. That is true. Dakota Coon is definitely chaos in a in a bottle. <laughs> um any other thoughts on Chastain and Cobbush? I don't want to linger on this because it's an every week topic. Um, I think Chastain came into this year with respect from all the shit boxes he drove the last few years and didn't do this stuff. But he quickly has said, hey, I'm here, everybody. Guess what? I ain't going nowhere. I'm here. And I, I he listen, he can have a stretch of six, seven, eight weeks here, finish the season, playoffs. If I, I don't think it will take that long, but I think that it's just been consistent. You know, it's been every week something that, you know, the, even Kyle Bush three wide in the position, it's it's him, right? He's that common denominator. So right now, everyone's everyone's on edge and going up, Chastain, 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 right? No matter what he does, that can calm down. But he also knows they're looking. Everybody's yeah, looking. There. Where's he at? What's he doing? I can tell I'm you post- to that point. If we're in Phoenix and he's in the Final Four and he's in second, I would not want to be that cat in first. He's I, if, right. he, if the guys, if he's at fourteenth, I don't want to be the thirteen guys ahead of him. Well, either way, if we're in Phoenix, because you know how it is, all four are going to be up there. I don't want that scenario if I'm one of those other three guys. So, is there anybody else in the field that anybody would think that of? Joe Logano. He's, he uh, blocks everybody. He don't run them over. Nah, true. he does. I mean, Martin Chase Briscoe. Still, Martin Briscoe for Truex. You know, uh, he's done it. It's, but not to this level. Even so. Yeah, I mean. Uh, no, Joey Logano's been I, – I would say that's – I wouldn't, that, I wouldn't that want that him is there the either, first. But. The, the Earnhardt shit was blasphemy. The closest thing would probably be Logano. That's well, probably yeah, the perfect comparison. The, the and I hate Joey Logano, so I'm probably always going to hate <laughs> Ross Chastain. And listen, I could, I respect people for racing hard, but it's when. Pick your spots. Joey Logano's gotten better in picking his spots and when to race like an asshole. I think that's why he gets a little bit more respect. Chastain's got to pick his spots a little bit more wisely. And, you know, and I think it goes beyond just wrecking. Like, I know... I go back to Michigan last week when, you know, Larson was trying to work with him so they could get away from the field. Chastain was having none of it. And, and, you know, just that type of stuff. It's like, it's, it's one thing to bump into somebody all the time, but it's another thing when you're just racing them 
how other drivers are viewing as dirty. So, don't you ever put Logano and Earnhardt in the same sentence again? You're, you'll be, you'll be <laughs> no, I'm, 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 that's what my point is. Separate the two. Oh, thank God. Well, I'm saying don't put Chastain and Earnhardt in the yeah, same Earnhardt sentence. Earnhardt was only brought again. up just to rile you up, bud. Yeah, that's that's blasphemy. Chastain yeah. and Logano, those are pretty good comparisons in terms of how they drive on the track and how they approach it. So scale one to ten, how entertained were you by the Gibbs Kyle Bush deal? I was on a side that was the most entertaining thing all right all race. Really? I mean it was only what a few laps, but it was like fifteen laps. It was a while. That's true, because they separated a little bit and then and then they know, came back. Yeah. It was it was that was that in the first half in the first two stages, that was by far the most entertaining thing. The last stage got a little bit dicey. Uh, but the the first two stages were kind of drawn out and everything, and those were that was like so really the main battle on the track. So if I heard correctly, the Kyle Busch thing and Ty Gibbs, Kyle Busch moved him out of the way, and then the following corner, Gibbs just came back and said, "See ya." They raced side by they raced side by side. Well, I was saying at one point though, Busch bumped yeah, him out of the way. The start of that, I think it almost looked like Ty chopped him a little bit, and and and. Kyle said, no, 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 I'm going to move you here. Just bumped him up out of the track. And then next corner, Ty came back and gave it right back to him and did the same thing. And then they raced side by side for the longest time. And it was, it was, it was, it was like literally like KB. I, to me, it looked like, like Gibbs actually did chop him just a little bit. And KB said, nope, ain't going to happen here. Rookie moved him literally down the back stretch into three. I think it was into three, the opposite corner. Like it didn't even take a two laps to get there. The opposite corner, Ty did the exact same thing and moved him out of the way. It was I think that's huge awesome. for Ty Gibbs. That's, uh, that's huge. I think that's going to build a lot of things. I mean, you already have like what you had Suarez come out and say he's been okay, not great, which is sure fair. But to get that respect, they're going to beat Meg. You, you got to be able to dish it back to him to do the opposite of Rosh. I say, and don't wreck him when you do it, and not be afraid to just go in and be like, hey, boom, get out of there. And I think Ty's proven over and over again he's not afraid to back. He's not going to back down to anybody. I mean, like he can get their respect by doing one of two things: one is staying out of messes, and two, don't let people walk all over you. Like he can do both as long as he doesn't go over the edge and start creating his own messes, right? Like kind of like the Ross deal. This kid can be aggressive, but don't get walked on. Don't get pushed around. If you have a good enough car. You know, if you have a if you have a crap car and you get moved out of the way because you're you're in the way, okay, ride do your race. But if you have a good car and you feel like someone moved you, you, you can't get walked on. And he's, I mean, he he impresses the hell out of me, to be honest. What do you think, I, Josh? He he would uh, again a billion times. I'll say it a billion times next year. If he would be my favorite driver, if I never watched interviews, he'd be my favorite driver. But <laughs> like Donald Trump. <laughs> He did also go blow his engine. <laughs> you know, he didn't finish the race. He did right, blow right. his engine. How did he blow his engine? Did he blow his engine though, or know. was that a part failure? Like, a, can you really put trickle? that on tight? Right. Was it a cold yeah. trickle, like peg the engine out to get out of the race car. You were scared of it. I don't, I don't so. even think he was smoking when he pulled in. No, no, it wasn't. Um, you know, another just interesting some ice cream, thing. Man. Though, it was time for church. Right. Interesting thing about that is the um, Dale Junior. When Ty Gibbs was on there, he talked about you know. <laughs> Kyle Busch kind of giving him that big brother moment and talking with him and kind of mentoring him a little bit. And, you know, now he's out on the track beating and banging Kyle Busch. So, I mean, his, his, I think his ascension 
it's going to be a long time before you ever see anybody do it at, at the level and as quick as he's going to do it. He's already done it. I mean, when you were at Pocono, he sat in the car for the first time when the green flag dropped and managed to lurk his way up to 15th, 17th, I think, before the DQs. 10th place, what, at Michigan? Was it 10th? Mm-hmm. Let, I'll just, the 15th let him, before. Let him run this week for Kurt Busch. See what he does. I mean, he absolutely dominated Xfinity he might, he yeah. might on road courses. This week. I think at one point in Xfinity. Um, he won his first career start. He had ran, yeah, yeah. He ran four road courses. Xfinity's led, different than Cup. He led every lap but one on his first four road courses in Xfinity. Almendinger was there for those. It's not that different. Competition right. to competition. Right. Dinger, yeah. Cindric, they both were there for those last year. Dinger and Cindric were there for those last year, correct. And they were both in good cars. And obviously, if you look at every time Dinger races anything in college, he's always up there. I feel like the, the, the gap this year with the next-gen car is so much. It, it The field's tighter. Because nobody's figured it out. I think in Xfinity, you've had more time to figure it out and you have sure. you have the teams that are. So I think that helps a little bit was my only point for yeah. why he won. You know, he's, he still had it. I'm not trying to take away. That's still huge. I'm just not saying that Ty Gibbs is going to go out and win his first cup road course start. Well, no. It, it, hey, who knows? But I'm just saying, like, he didn't come into cup driving a mid-tier car. Never. Right? 2311 is still, like, I mean, at this point, basically, right? performing right there, basically performing right. right there with Gibbs. You're, you're, you're getting into. He's getting into equipment like that. I, I never expected him to even finish tenth in Michigan. And, and to be honest with you, you know, it was uh, even straight up too. It wasn't even a mileage strategy thing, right? right. It was just straight up. And he was better than that because he actually had a penalty that he right. said he was probably a top five car. Um, but you know, we'll see this weekend if if Kurt's there or not. I, at this point, I don't see any reason for Kurt to jump in if he doesn't have to. Uh, so let him drive. Mm-hmm. I was just going to get into that. I, he needs to get in the car because he's losing points. Yeah, but how many he, should be, he was, he was like a, like 180 ahead coming into this week or something like that. And you know, it's you can, most you can win or lose is 40, 60 points. I think a week or right. something like that. I, I could be wrong. I, I just know it was, it was like he, he wasn't clinched in on points if something were to happen where there are 16 winners. Because it was right. like with three races to go, he had like a two and a half race cushion. He's you know, something like that. He's last place of winners right now in 15th, right? He's probably Richard. he's probably fine if he gets back out there and runs, but or no winners. Yeah, or no winners. I, but that's risky. I think he needs I think he needs to get in the car before the playoffs. Yeah. Or there's no real point because I, I think it's going to take them a week or two. And Watkins Glen's going to be a hell of a place to try to come back at. You know what I mean? You know, both of them are at this point. Yeah. 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 I mean, Watkins Glen and, Day- and Daytona is going to be an absolute crapshoot. And God I forbid, was in Daytona. I'm riding in the back with him. I'm here. I'm just not even trying. Let them just get in, just get seat time in the race car because God forbid he gets in another wreck the, the week he comes back. But let's think like about this. If if we get to sixteen winners, why come back for Daytona? He's sixteen. In case, I mean, but right. if he rides around, if he rides around in the back. What's he gaining? But if if we get a new winner this week, which I think is a very real shot, whether it be Blaney, Truex, or otherwise, yeah, he's the sixteenth guy. Yeah. I think there's an equally good shot. There's a seventeenth winner at Daytona, right? And then he's out because he won't have points. 
Right. Right. So, so if he's not back this week, then there's no right. If he's not back this, that's why I was asking how far back is it is even worth coming back. No. This week, he would have to come back and win a race. Or to make sure he's to guarantee he's in. So you know he is actually twelfth in points right now. He actually he's ahead of his brother Kyle. Yeah, let's say Kyle uh, <laughs> Bowman and Cedric. Is yeah. that? They all have, yeah. No way. He's missed four races now. I mean, according to this, that's the grid, though. I don't know. He was well. That's playoff points. Playoff points. That's playoff points. So he needs it. We need to see the actual points of those. But that would be how they. Yeah, that would be how they would line up for playoffs if it's right. That's fine. That's that's the reset. Cut line for points. I saw a stat at the end of the race the other um, on Sunday, and it had like two dashes beside his name. It didn't even Mm -hmm. have a plus minus. Yeah, because I, I don't know how they're scoring it and how they're going to handle this. Well, they're not they're scoring they if, they're, if they're out or on the front, if they don't have a, a win. So he was shown as the last in car, no plus or minus, and then the guys behind, like the 16th place car, which would be points, was a plus, and 17th was a minus. But actual regular season points, like he's, you said he's falling, I mean, he has to be he, almost 30th. Well, he won't fall out of the top 30 because he was locked into that. Um, but He's 21st. On right. regular season points right now, and how far behind the other winner, Cindric, I guess would be. He's a he's still ahead of Bowman and Cindric. That's wild. <laughs> that just goes to show how shitty the season Bowman had and how shitty. Well, remember Bowman and Cindric both got like no points the last few weeks. Cindric yeah. wrecked at Michigan, so he probably only scored like four. They're not getting stage points. But Bowman probably... won a stretch of like three or four yeah. races that he didn't finish. He might as well not have shown up. Yeah. But if, if Kurt Busch doesn't race this week, I bet you Bowman and Cindric get ahead of him. I bet probably if they're within forty points, they go ahead of him. Um, they're within uh one point. Yeah. So, so there you go. The they're tied. They're tied at two thousand six, and he's got two thousand seven. So he needs he needs to get in there before the end of the regular season. There. I also uh, think I also think he just needs to get in there to just to. You know, God forbid you have another like something like a Dale Jr. situation or something where it's like right. he gets in the car and he's like, "Man, I ain't, I'm not ready. I I well, can't." You also got to get your groove back. I mean, as you know, as a team, you know, Kurt, you. I I think, I think you want to go into the playoffs with the best chance of you know let's get a let's get a win and get a guarantee early. I think you want to have your team firing on all cylinders and everybody working together and. You know, doing all these other guys are going to be, you know, going through, you know, the same flow they do every week, and I think him being out of the car is going to upset that flow. And their, you know, their whole operation right now with um, Ty Gibbs, that team has completely changed their mentality. Right now, it's just like, hey, let's just help this kid. They're right now, they're not saying they got to get going too. They're saying let's just help this kid get better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, and not just that. I mean, the first playoff race is Darlington. You've been out of the car for six weeks, say, if you miss the next two, six, seven weeks almost. And your first race back is Darlington to start the playoffs. That's a tough one to come back to. I think you want to, even if it is just Ryan in the back at Darlington, at Daytona, you get your feet under you. You know what I mean? I think he has a good shot to come back at Watkins Glen this week. It sounded like he was pretty close, just wasn't 100% there. But he's, he's, I think he's got to get in there. Just one to possibly make it, and two just to get his group back if he does make the playoffs. So, 
we all hope that Kurt Busch is good, healthy, coming back into this. Um, you know, that's that's the main thing at the end of the day. You know, the other shit is all secondary. It's all just part of the sport. You know, we say God in terms of the sport, but his health must come first. So well, it would be a shame. It would be a shame to not even realize that we watched Kurt Busch's last right. You know, that Kurt Busch yeah. is one of those guys that like, you know, Eric Almarola retiring, maybe retiring, but you know, they at the beginning of the season it was like, Well, he's not gonna do the whole, you know, victory lap year that like, you know, Dale Jr. or somebody did. Nobody'll probably ever get that, but when somebody like Kurt Busch retires you want it to be a special season. You know, he, he wants it to be special at every race and knowing, okay, this is my last race here. This is my last race here. Um, but to have it, you know, if something does happen and it gets taken out of his hands, then that would, uh, I think that, I think it'd be, uh, bad for him and bad for his legacy. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think he, he finds a way back into a car for sure. If something were to happen where he couldn't race this year. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, any, any other thoughts on that, guys? Any other thoughts on Kurt Busch? No, man, just hope for the best for him, you know, health-wise and when he's ready to get back. And if he doesn't, he doesn't, you know. Like, uh, the show's going to go on, and they're going to Watkins Glen this week regardless. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to – kind of excited for the Glen, man. The road courses, all the shifting, this car, a lot of, a lot of high speed. Um, I think it, it – it could be a fun little race, actually. I, I I've always liked watching a race at the Glen, regardless. Uh, they're back to the what configuration are they on? They have uh, the bus stop and the I think it's carousel, same, right? Same they're configuration. Yeah. Yeah. No, boot. no boot. Right, right. So you know, it, it could be interesting. You know, they, that can be that can be a strategy race. Um, that has turned into that in the past. Um, I hate stage racing at road courses because it's a forty-five minute you know break. I think it's awful, um, but you know we'll have that. So they'll 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 work that backwards, right? It's road course racing. They pit on the other side, right? The the vault pit roads mm-hmm. on the right side of the driver. That'll be fun, and you know it's another week of the Truex Truex Ryan Blaney watch. So what do you guys think? And there's a huge wild card. Kimmy, Kimmy's no, here. <laughs> no. He's a no. very legendary driver. Get the hell out. Not a wild card. That team's a whole different – get, get the hell out. <laughs> um, there are some wild cards, though. He's just not one of them. Yeah. I think um, – I think Blaney would be good. They've mm-hmm. been strong at all the road courses. Strategy otherwise, they've been up there. Truex is good on road courses, though. I, don't know. I love I love Watkins Glen. It's – the best stock car road course. Is Dinger in the race? Have. Yes, of course. He's gonna win. <laughs> no, he's not gonna win. I don't think he's gonna win. I think it's gonna get. I think. I think. Uh, I kind of agree with Smeal on the Elliot part. Why well, said Elliot or Larson? But yeah, yeah, Elliot Larson. They've been really good there uh, at, at road courses. If they could just uh, keep their nose clean and and not have penalties or missing the break or <laughs> or stuff like that. I can tell you who's not gonna win. Bob Wallace, I hate to say, it, but he's yeah, not going to win this race. That's that's no arguments here. But if he does win this race, I never said that. <laughs> we'll delete that part. <laughs> I think you know. I think there's. 
I think you could see, you know, a Tyler Reddick. I think you could see um, a Daniel Tyler Reddick had a rough race. Jesus. He had a rough race. A Suarez. Um, That's a good one. Chris Busher. Yeah, Chris Busher. He's Chase been great Briscoe. on Chase Briscoe. Busher, I, I did want to touch on that a little bit just because he had such a good race at Richmond. It kind of came out of nowhere. And he's been really good on these road courses. He's been really coming on strong. He, he, I think. I, I, I honestly, I, I honestly think he's the biggest. Yeah, I was just gonna say that after the fire. <laughs> I think he's he's had the best stretch in the past two months. In comparison, I shouldn't say the best. He's had just as good of a, a stretch of races as Bubba Wallace has. But everybody's talking about Bubba Wallace. Nobody's really talking about Chris Buescher. I think. I think he he needs to get some love because uh, he is really done well um and i think he's definitely a threat at watkins Glen. that that whole rfk outfit has come on now the past couple months they really found something ready quick flash poll is chris busher more likely to win a race the next two than tricks or blaney yes or no i don't think so he's been really good i i say yes I say yes because he's good at Daytona too. He's good at he's good at super speed. I mean, there's not many guys that aren't good at super speedways. Let's be honest. I you know, but he they will have the speed to be able to do it. How it goes? Here's the problem that Ford has and Chris Buescher has when they get to Daytona. All of Penske is going to line up and shove Ryan Blaney to the front at all costs, and Toyota's going to do the same thing for Truex, unless somehow Bubba gets up there. And inserts himself into it. Right. Um, I think there's too many players at both Ford and Toyota where who's more likely a, to win the championship, Blaney or Busher? I don't think either one of them are likely to win the championship. Straight up against each other, though. If I'm Ford, who am I betting on? I'm Blaney, I'm going Blaney or Busher? Yeah. If I had to get one of them in, it will be sacrificed. It's Roger, it's Roger Penske. It's Blaney. I mean, if you're sure, absolutely by the points, man. Sure. Blaney is like, a better uh, super, super speedway speed. driver to both. It's Jersey Shore. Well, here's the problem, out. and I think Penske. It's we talked about it a little bit last week, but the problem is, is these Penske cars every race start out really good, and then they just fade, and they cannot get these things figured out once they or start. They, or, or good point. Up. Or, or, or it's the other way around. Or they're really shit for three quarters of the race, and they come on at the end. Yeah, but you're right. I didn't want to cut you off there. I'm sorry, but no, but you're like, right though. You're right though. It, it seems like RFK and Stuart Haas, these other Ford guys, have figured these. They're starting to figure these things out. They're a little bit behind the curve on all the Chevy oh, no, guys, what they have all the Toyota guys, but they're they're coming on at the right time. These Penske guys are kind of falling off at the wrong time. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it'll be fun. I, I'm actually looking forward to. Uh, Next couple of weeks in Richmond, I didn't see Harvick winning that race. I mean, he's been okay there. I, I just didn't see that happening. I really thought Truex was going to be more of a threat. You know, I thought, you know, I, we talked about Busher a little bit there. And like Eric Jones, we thought would be, you know, yep. a lot better than he was. You know, it just, just wasn't. So who knows? I mean, we'll see. But uh, Josh kind of alluded to it a little bit ago about Kimmy making his debut in a track house car. Saw a preview of the car day. Looks pretty cool. Uh, big fan of the. I've been, been a big fan of track house schemes all year and that uh i wish i could say it right but uh the other guy old dk uh dan who, who knows Kvyat. how to say it properly Viet, i think 
Be, yeah, you, you don't either. Right. He, yeah, something like that. I don't know. He's Russian. We got two uh, former F1 drivers in the field this week, and mm-hmm. uh, I expect it to be some media, but absolutely zero uh, threat to anyone on the track except any driver near them. Uh, <laughs> But not for a win, but pretty cool story for sure. I think, you know, Trackhouse has gotten a lot of, they, in their words, have gotten a lot of interest in that car and what this car has done and a lot of interest from outside the NASCAR world. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be cool. I think it's great for the sport. There are seven different countries uh, represented this week. It's the most ever. Even like the, back in the days that they went to Japan and stuff, they didn't have this many. We, this amount of different countries a lot of diversity. Got, yeah a lot of diversity russia netherlands germany mexico <laughs> hope the f1 guys remember we don't run the boot in nascar f1 don't guys even... only remember the last time they walked ran walking but it was like 1970 something <laughs> you on crack and then jeff <laughs> woodvine from the track house scheme what are you talking about blood sugar's it's getting because it's yellow numbers <laughs> he had pizza hut today yeah, uh, <laughs> this guy. Uh, you know the one thing that I'll say, you know, about the the different, you know, having all these countries for the people who don't like road courses, um, you better get used to them because yep. NASCAR gets this type of following from different countries because of road yeah. courses. Yeah, you're gonna start seeing more road courses. You're, did, we name, uh, did, we, did we name all seven or no? Uh. No, oh, seven, I, seven Finland, countries: Finland, Finland, Germany, Mexico, Netherlands, Russia, and UK. Obviously, America too, but in America, yes, that was applied. Oh, and yeah, that, that was number. He seven. said Mexico. I don't know if he said Mexico. He, he said, but yeah, he did. Okay, Mexico. But I think it's, it's great. I think this goes back to some of it with the car, though, too. Um, oh, it's all. About I the remember car. listening to like Justin Marks a few weeks back when Derek Jenner talked about. When they saw like how it was set up more like a sports car, it enticed some of these guys. It wasn't so much of a out of their element type car anymore. With with the, the gears and everything the way it is, and it's kind of more welcoming. I think it's uh you're gonna learn today moment though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's still hundred percent different than what they're used to, but it's anyone that's running sports cars it's still a heavy ass. I, I agree. It's just it's a heavy ass it's still a heavy ass stock car. They're gonna have a hard time. Yeah, this is, watched, I'll go ahead, the sequential, sequential shifting, the rear diffuser, um, you know, the independent, independent rear suspension is the closest thing that NASCAR has ever gotten to the sports, yep. sports car world, which is allowing this to be a real thing and drawing some interest from these guys where it, it, it has in the past a little bit, but nothing like right now. I mean, in the past, these guys looked at us like they were racing, racing Amish buggies around, you know, straight axles, you know, 3,000 pound stock cars, they wanted nothing to do with it. But now they're like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Yeah, for sure. I've watched enough YouTube videos of these fins and what they can do in the, in rally cars. I w- I'm never counting out a finish driver on a road <laughs> course. <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting. I think you could see uh, some chaos since it is a playoff race, and these guys are going to be probably in the back to start. But once they get laps in them and get going, you know, they might figure it out and you might have some guys crashing and you never know. You might see some of these guys up in the top 20. I'm just saying I'm not saying top 10 or anything, but I think I could I think a top 20 would be a hell of a day for any one of those drivers. What I said a little bit about Kimmy, I could see him getting a top 10 in this. 
Oh, I can see it with that car. He has because he's one Wait, of those. What, what, what glasses are you wearing that you see he's, this? Smeals. He's, <laughs> he's racing NASCAR before, though. Get, the a, truck get a new prescription, bud. Figure it out. I'm just saying. <laughs> right, click with minute 43 minute next week. When Kimmy finishes top 10, you can, you can give your balls a tug, bud. <laughs> Have, have they talked about it, or does anybody know what the, the so the third track house car is that Project Ninety One? Project Ninety One. It's it's a it's it's literally a project car for them to bring in people from all different sides scenario. of motorsport. This exact scenario, <sighs> Kimi Raikkonen's a hell of a first pull to right. get into this car. It's it's right. awesome. So they haven't announced like any others that this is just no. It's from what it. Justin Marks was saying. It, it's going to be like a. A few races a year, maybe just the road courses. Um, they try to get high caliber guys, like they could be looking for a big fish, someone like Lewis Hamilton or Daniel Ricciardo or Elio Castroneves, or people like that to come in and be able to race a competitive car and not so much jump in. And it's the problem is it's not with their other track house cars, it's a whole separate thing, more so for their brand to get other guys in. It's a whole separate oh, idea. Yeah, it's it's ideally to, to become a worldwide thing, not just mm -hmm. a United States thing, you know. And and if Kimi Räikkönen gets top ten, okay, a top ten like straight up. There's not a thirty four right. car pileup on <laughs> the last corner, and he's like, "Woo, look at me!" It'll be one of the biggest Cinderella stories in NASCAR history, in my opinion. Let's now, not get I'm I'm here for it. Trust me, yeah. I want to see it because it will make worldwide news. Okay, and. It would be huge for that Project 91 and getting more high caliber, getting like a Jordan Taylor to come over, who I think would do it anyway. But guys like that, that would be so cool to watch. Like a Jordan Taylor. get If Lewis Hamilton starts on the backside of his career and isn't going to run Formula 1 anymore, or an Alonzo, just saying guys like that. That would be cool as hell. <laughs> Listen, I to I'm totally all with this, but let's pump the brakes on all Same. that. I, it, that. It, that's pie in the sky what this but can be. It's not really because, like, you got the Chicago street course. I guarantee you, Project Ninety One has that one. I mean, they're running street oh, yeah. courses. I yeah. mean, they're there's gonna be those guys probably have more experience to jump on a track like that than any NASCAR guy. How cool! I think this is low hanging fruit, but if Jimmy Johnson were to come back and race one off NASCAR races for whatever reason, this I is the opportunity for him because he's there's no room at Hendrick. They can't have a fifth car anymore. That would be the way he does it. And I think, why not? For some of these road course races, that, or even if they want to go oval racing, why would you not bring that guy back for a race or two? Let's not get it twisted with Kimi Raikkonen. He was in the truck series for a bunch of races. And he did really well, and I believe he did get like a top 10 or a top 15. Like at Charlotte or something. But that was back. That was back when he was still like in the prime of his racing. This was years ago now, so I, I'm just saying I'm Almondinga not. I'm not counting them out. <laughs> Almondinga won a cup race last year. Same thing. No, you know, I, no. If, if Jordan Taylor runs a NASCAR race, it's a road course, and that happens to be in some sort of JRM deal, that would be the most popular driver in all of NASCAR. That guy is amazing. He's hilarious. He's, you know, him and Junior have a good relationship, obviously, and. That would be magical to see. Like, imagine JRM having a part-time Cup car next year, runs a few races, and then all of a sudden you have uh, 
Jordan Taylor in a JRM car. How cool would that be? Or Randy Sandstorm. That would be awesome. Too. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like Smeal says here, Hendrick could have a fifth car for a one-off. I think they changed that. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. Smeal's been known to be Smeal's been known to be wrong before. Well, I think I heard it somewhere. I think Parker or something. I, I thought the same thing because they used to have those project cars. I thought they changed that though. Anyway, I think they did, but. Going back to one of Smeal's point is, and this is kind of what you guys were alluding to, and I'm I'm not against it. I don't think that's not the case, but like entry guys for like Vettel, Danny, Ricardo, Alonso. I think it goes beyond F1. I like what Jeremy said. I really do think it's more for a global thing. I think Trackhouse wants to not just be an NASCAR team. I think they look at something like Penske, maybe want to try to get to that someday, which would make sense. Um, you know, maybe where they get in a bunch of different series. They already have. I think they have a sports car. I, I don't know what division. Well, but they have a sports car team. Well, Justin Moore's well. background is sports cars. That's what he grew yes. up doing and everything like that. So that makes sense. I want to give a quick shout out before we get into more here. Quaker Westy, what's going on? I think it's on Twitch. It's on Twitch too. Shouts out. Thanks for joining us. That's a new guy. Appreciate it. Um, thanks for coming, hanging out with the Terribles. Come tell us how stupid we are. We're not um, stupid. Yeah, we're, we're really dumb. <laughs> so yeah um Watkins Glen pretty excited uh do want to just touch upon real quick a couple of the other things that are going on with NASCAR do um, we cover like who's going to win this race and we said a bunch of names I think we, we said a bunch of names field. we said half the field <laughs> I, I I'm uh, I'm going Elliot or Larson I'm going with the boring pick but I think those are the two guys probably to beat I think Busher's a dark horse for sure. I agree. He's my he's my he's my heart pick. I'll take Briscoe. Josh, Josh? Reddick, Tyler Reddick. That's a good one. Oh, so we all kind of went. We all we all kind of went with boring picks except for Busher. Boring yeah, horse guys. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think you're. I mean, Smeal said it earlier. I saw in the comment a long time ago. But I mean, honestly, all of the favorites at this are all playoff drivers. I mean, they're this is not a a race that anybody outside of the playoffs had circled at the beginning of the year to go win. No. Right. Cause they were on what road course number nine. So we kind of right. have seen this a time or two. Are we all kind of in agreement though? There's probably about 12, 15 other guys we'd pick over Truex or Blaney. We just, maybe we just did. That's not that's so, I mean, that yeah. Blaney. If we're picking like the Jeremy's original point, if it was straight up Blaney Truex, I think I go Blaney here. Same for a win, but all Blaney's going to keep, all Blaney's got to focus on, really, I mean, outside of winning, is just finishing in front of Truex. Right, yeah. and wrecking the leader, that's a new and winner. Wrecking, yeah, wrecking the leader. <laughs> whoever's, whoever's the leader hey, do you have third a win? place, if you third place and fourth are former winners, wreck that leader, take yourself with them, and security for fourth in case third place fails dead. <laughs> All right, let's get into um, some of the other topics then. Uh, so... Pictures came out of Auto Club starting their transition into a short track. Um, I don't think it's something we actually talked about on the program. I hate it. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I'm not against a short track per se. I, you know, contrary to popular belief, I just don't think California is the place. I love that track. I think, you know, I get it. There's a Michigan that's kind of the same way, but I think, especially with the next gen cars some awesome racing i really wish what what auto club and 
Michigan are to me is which is the way I wish super speedway racing was. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Uh, if this was two years ago, I would be way more into this with this old car, but short tracks have not proven to be very good so far with this new car. And I'm definitely more of a short track guy than a two mile intermediate track, especially Mm -hmm. with a drafting package. If they were going to run this, so (laughs) I, I could say I've gone in like back and forth on this because old car, I wanted a short track Mm -hmm. drafting next gen car. I would have wanted a short track. Mm-hmm. This car I want Auto Club. <laughs> so, with the high horsepower, low downforce, I like Auto Club. I'm not a huge fan of Auto Club. I, I think I think Auto Club is a poor man's homestead. Like it's just bigger. I like I take Homestead all day long over over um, Auto Club, but I think it just does need something different. I mean, they've been clamoring for short tracks, and I'm if they make this an experience, and it's in California, and they make it exciting. Yeah. I think that market needs some exciting, needs some bet fenders, and, and needs some drama. I'm okay with this. I'm I'm excited to see it. That's what I, I agree with everything. I think I think they're looking at you know like Coda, the how they just you know completely renovated everything there and just brought that whole course to life. Um, and they're they're trying to get different tracks because I mean yeah I, I I like Auto Club. But there is about three other tracks that are, you know, extremely similar that put on the same race. So to be able to get something that's different, um, that it's going to be a short track, but it's going to race different than any other short track we have. The straightaway is going to be like they're still keeping the tri-oval. I believe they're going to keep it banked. I I could be wrong. But they're going to race it's going to be like almost like a it's going to be like an egg because they're all like they're basically going to circle the like where the trial is like and the back stretch the back stretch is going to be what is old pit lane now it's very it's interesting you know but, they, but I, I, I don't know they had to do it because the track was due for a repave somewhat somewhat soon and, maybe, thought, and if you're going to repave the place We've seen how that went for Texas, and their yeah. little weird move. And you know, same, same with Atlanta. The reason why they reprofiled things because they knew how bad that race was going to be for five years. Mm-hmm. And or Charlotte when it was new. So if you're going to do it, and there's no short track, Cup short track on the West Coast, like you're not going to put the Cup Series at Irwindale or whatever. Like that's just not going to work. If you won't go to, North they North should. Or, well, they should, but they won't because they throw on the pit stalls or whatever they were going to say. And then, and then, um. If you're going to do it, why not do something different? Do high bank, do a Bristol, odd-shaped bank Bristol and everything like that and just make an experience. Like, I think they're going to do like a whole, like, if I read it right, a whole, like, fairground type thing there where there's concerts and things like that are going to make it like a multi-use facility, which is the only way these tracks are going to survive. Some in of the, them. In the long run. Like, I mean, yeah. for the most part, if you're only having racing there, like, look at Charlotte Motor Speedway. It has monster trucks there this week, and they have concerts and raves and whatever else. I mean, they're not, they're not going anywhere, obviously, in Charlotte, but you have to do that throughout the year to kind of stay in tune with the community, and I think California could use that. And wasn't this prompted by a big land sell-off? Um, didn't they sell off a whole bunch of the land? And it, right. It, to save it, to keep a keep a track going, I think NASCAR pressured them and said, you know, listen, like, 
I think it was a combination of they sold a bunch of land, land's valuable, right? And then turned this into something different and the pressure from NASCAR for short tracks and keep your dates and, you know, all those things. So uh, it was a combination of a few things. And I hope for the best because I think we need to be in that market. Not we, NASCAR needs to be in that market and I, it needs to be exciting. So I, I hope it's all, I hope, I hope it works. Well, I think I'm trying not to get too big pie in the sky on it, but it's California. They've been after NASCAR for a long time. The E NASCAR series is coming. They're not gonna run. They're not gonna run big big tracks. They're gonna be running short Good tracks. Point. Not even May. Hey, Josh with the fire there. The day we listen one. to electric cars drive around, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. No, Formula E isn't that bad. It's not like you see crazy. It's not that what are you gonna do? You gonna put like a tin can on the wheel so you can hear him? Like, you <laughs> yeah. like I get like, it. I get it. I'm just, I'm just saying that's this is a that's a totally different topic for another yeah. day. But I'm I'm not 100 percent against it. Keep going on that road. We have to introduce a new segment here. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that's my thoughts on that. If you if you have to repave it, do something brand new and different. Yeah, I'm just I'm worried about how it's gonna turn out. That's all. I hopefully they do it right. Texas so. still still screwed up. They're gonna Texas <laughs> looks at Atlanta. They're gonna go bank it, and they're yeah. still gonna screw it up. So that is Texas the other, should just get knocked down. That was the other news coming out pretty much today before the podcast is that Texas is looking at a potential reconfiguration, um, either turning into a hybrid Atlanta or maybe also going to a short track. Oh. So I don't know. I mean, literally it, anything is better than what it is now. They get a dirt Any, track. Like, Give me an example of something you think would be worse. Nope, you're wrong. Okay, so <laughs> Texas is the worst track on the circuit. Yep, I agree with that. Harm set. It is. I love it. Dull, it is I love dull it. Racing, but... It's trash. Turn one is three thousand feet wide, and they use fourteen feet of it. Mm-hmm. What is the point? I think. Why? I, like, I think they had the right idea by trying to make it flatter, uh, but they gave them way too much room. You know what I mean? It's, it's like they didn't think about it at all. Yeah. Let's just do it. Well, the person that was in charge awful. of that retired last year and is no longer in charge of the track, which I think is part of the reason why this move is happening. So I don't know if they're just trying to stay in the news to try to – and this kind of ties into the other thing I wanted to talk about. We don't have a schedule for 2023 yet, and usually around this time of year, it's, it's coming out. And there's only a handful of dates that are – that we know that are every year that are announced, but there's a what's the holdup? Why don't we have a schedule yet? The TV deal, <clears throat> partially. That's probably TV a, deals for 2024, 2025. Maybe. I do think though, if they are starting the tear up Auto Club now, they're not going to be ready. Well, no, so they're, they're not gotta, doing that yet. They have no date for that. They're just taking grandstands down. They're, they're not, taking they grandstands down. Yeah, they're not, yeah, they don't need them. They're just taking a portion of them out. They don't even sell half the grandstands. So they don't have no timetable for when they're tearing the track apart when doing that part. So I think they're planning on racing there next year and then doing it immediately after. Right. Which was the original plan before COVID. Um, I saw somewhere the schedule should be out by the end of the month for Cup, which is late. And then Chuck mm-hmm. McFinney in September. I think the last I saw from Bob Pockers there. So they're taking a little extra time here. Um, as it because of Texas, you know, they're now they're just move the damn all star race. I'll take it. I, th- I think, I think that was where I think that's where the holdup is. I didn't I know where... on the dirt for like here. <laughs> I mean, not only is Texas a trash track, and then NASCAR compounds up like the all star race, 
Yes. In exchange for Coda. Something with the TV contract, like Jeremy was saying, I did see a rumor online somewhere, and I would not be surprised by it, is that Fox said, dear God, move the All-Star race to anywhere but Texas. <laughs> so Anywhere. Anywhere but Texas. North Wilkesboro will be repaved by then. Wouldn't be a bad way to debut it. I don't, Kentucky. For an All-Star race? Not Kentucky. That's, it. That's the place worse than Texas. Wants to go to Kentucky. That's the track worse than Texas, Jeremy, right there. Still not trying to get people in and out of that place. The parking's so bad. Yeah. That was two years ago. <laughs> hey, I went. I, I played. Uh, I, I you know, played cornhole and tailgated on the interstate, trying to get to that race. Never made it. Exactly. <laughs> Eight hours in traffic. Yep. That's wild. awful. So yeah, good. No one's. I thought Jeremy was going to say something. Okay. No, I'm I'm good. So, yeah, we got that that's that's going to probably take care of the NASCAR side of things. We're going to go in we're going to take a short break and we're going to just take a quick look here at the photo of the week here. And this is what we're going to be talking about when we come back. This man right here mostly. We'll be right back. Turn to Terrible's podcast.
All right, guys, we are back. Thanks for hanging on with us. We're going to be talking a lot about this guy right here, Donnie Schatz. This is Jeremy. Jeremy's photo, him and his background uh, from Williams Grove earlier this year. As he took down a crazy 11th Knoxville Nationals, chasing that all-time number 12 mark set by Steve Kinzer. Um, this man's stats has been insane, and we'll just take a quick look at this beautiful photo. Great job, Jeremy. Great job, as always. Thanks, buddy. Take a, take a look at his stats in the Knoxville Nationals. This man is, since 2002, he has finished either first or second, except for two times since 2002. One was a ninth place finish. One was a 12th place finish. 11 wins in that time span. Seven second place finishes. That's insane. This guy's probably made over a million dollars. Easily made over a million dollars. Maybe two million now at this point just in this one race. Um, it is insane. The stats that this guy has there. And um, well deserved. I mean, he just he ran such a great race. Um, he was definitely a favorite since his prelim night. Um, just what else can be said? What'd you think? Dude's a legend. I mean, not just at Knoxville, just everywhere. Um, I know in Posse Land, we don't we always root against him or did for everybody. Starting to get up in that point in his career where it's kind of start respecting his accomplishments. You know, um, same thing with like. Steve Kenzer was the same way to down the stretch. You, um, um, you kind of had that change as they get towards the, the end of their careers and seeing him win was kind of cool. Um, what is his second win this year? First? Yeah. Second. Um, I think he's been running really strong. I would, if this turns into something could run his right to a championship battle. It's, it could be, it's gonna be tough. This is tough, but he's been running it hot. Um, but anytime that's not the easy race, it's not an easy race to win, right? That's why it, people like Kyle Larson win it. It's the biggest thing that they have on their head, um, after the, even though he's a NASCAR guy. Um, but to do it 11 times and basically we do it what all but he did almost 10 years straight, he only lost one. He finished second, mm-hmm. Tim Schaefer won a wild race, and the other one was when Jason Johnson had one of the classic finishes with him. Like, that's insane to be anywhere from 90 to 110 cars through the course of a week and figure it all out. That's nuts. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, he's going to go down in conversations, one of the greatest of all time. And it, it's so strange all the years that he was so dominant. One, and I'm like, this guy, man. But I felt pretty good about it. Like, uh, you know, I, I knew when he was able to roll the middle there in the second half of that, and he was the only one doing it and making time. I'm like, oh. Oh, everybody's mm-hmm. in trouble. <laughs> so the gravel, like he said, sell. I thought he was good, and yeah, like Jeremy said, you see shots just chomp, chomp. Here he comes. See him. Yeah, boys. you know, ironically, Smeal said ironically they did something with the motor that Donnie didn't like early. Yeah, too much power. They pulled timing out of it. They did the old uh, detune Dakota Coon deal at the at the break there, and pulled a bunch of power out of the thing because he talked about too much wheel spin and trying to get it to roll the middle and, and be steady, smooth Donnie is not wheel spin. So, you know, they just pulled a bunch of power out of it and tightened it up and it just rolled around the middle and just kept his momentum up. And Knoxville is a momentum track. Yep. 
um, and it gets too wide around, even though you're hammered down around the top, like hammer down around the top is still a long way around. You can be pretty heavy throttled through the middle, no wheel spin and have that car tight enough. You're going to be, you're going to be in good shape. And like, uh, you know, obviously I'm a bread fan and they talked about it, tightening him up during the second half of that. I think a lot of guys, you know, needed to have a little bit more side bite, need to have a little bit more grip and it worked for Donnie and kind of felt cool about it. I mean, I thought it was just kind of a throwback and it was obviously an emotional win for him. And Victor Lane talked about his dad a little bit and, you know, first big win since his dad and the year that they've last two years that they've had really it, it, this, this one kind of hit you in the feels my opinion. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I was definitely happy for him, and uh, yeah, I'm not usually. Guy. You mentioned throwback. Throwback. It, was a, it was a throwback car to what the one that he won with, like the 50th anniversary, right, or his 25th anniversary, something like that. Chrome wheels matter, bro. Chrome <laughs> wheels matter. <laughs> it seems like the track kind of came to him. Like, I mean, everybody was running the outside, and he just he was running fifth or sixth, and just you know, kind of just stayed there on the bottom and middle. And the track kind of came to him, and then all of a sudden he just started climbing. Yeah, I mean that's Smeal said it here. Saturday was vintage Donnie. I mean that was that that's what he did. I, that's how he's won a lot of these races. It being a fifty lap race, yeah, you get that halfway break to really adjust on it. It helps having a good team behind you. But Donnie's just that that guy. He just he thrives in these longer races. Um, He's won this race from a B main one time, which is insane. That's it's just wild. Um, and like you guys were saying, he was rolling the middle. The track came to him. Yeah, and I, you know the good cars were the good cars. You know, cars we expected. You know, I think Jacob Allen definitely overachieved. He had a great he had a great night. You know, Logan was there. Brent was in the top ten. Brad Sweet, David Gravel, Macedo, like Macedo. all the Larson. usual suspects, right? Larson. Um, Larson actually had a tire down early. He short pitted, um, <laughs> had a tire down early and, you know, and came back through there. So it, it was kind of how I thought it would go. I mean, shout out to, you know, the 88, the McCarl kid, you know, the big unit, That's, awesome. Carl, yeah. he had a hell of a week and he fought hard, man. He drove his tail off getting that feature there and, uh, you know, it didn't end well, but he had, he, you know, it was cool to see McCarl running up front. You know, with the shots and and some of those names, it was just just a cool week overall that way. Um, you know, I, I think the feature, you know, the way it all went down with the storylines was pretty good. But you know, throughout that week, it was a challenge. You know, that format we talked about, um, you know, in our Discord a lot, it it, it didn't work this year. Um, that format isn't new per se, and there's been years where this, you know, small snippets of Donnie coming from the B. You know, guys coming from the back over a 50-lap race. But, you know, night one of the prelim where 20 of the 22 top time trialers had to run the B main to get in on their qualifying night. Yep. The track has to match up to the format, right? Yeah, I don't mind this format. They yep. made this format. They got to this point, and they're smart people. you got to be able to pass the nationals, the nationals is a hard race to make. 109 mm -hmm. cars? 109? I think, I think, yeah, I think so. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. It's supposed to be hard to make. Okay, but if you go out there and you time trial that well, ideally the reason for the invert is so you have good cars coming through. Well, yes. this isn't this isn't 1984 Knoxville. This is 2022 Knoxville, where you have 40 cars, 50 cars who can run fast laps around Knoxville. Yeah, right. The cars are so equal now. They're right. very much equal, you know. And you get a track that's spread out like it did. You see guys not passing 
a lot of cars to get there, right? So I don't know if it's so much a format problem as it was a track problem that has to match up to that format. And I think both nights were the same. And, I, and thankfully to Knoxville, they left it the same second night so people could yeah. either bid more or at least they made it even between the two nights. Even though the, the second night there was, I think, 11 out of the 16 that locked in were all from Thursday night. So like someone like Logan Schuhart, who, you know, yeah, he got help with inverts, but he still dominated his prelim night. And he was still definitely one of the top five fastest cars. He had to go through a B main on Saturday night to make the feature, you know, just bummer. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> he, he ended up still getting a podium, but I mean, he might have had his chances ruined at 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 competing maybe for a win instead of having to come from a B main and work his way through the field. Did we all agree that the two time trial laps are the two most important laps of the year? Absolutely. And it just sucks because even then it goes back to pill draw. Like exactly. Tasker Phillips said that he goes, finally got some luck. We had a good pill draw. He goes out, makes a show because he got just enough in that format. I think that's the reason for the eight car inverts because you have guys going 55th that aren't going to have the same track as the guys in, but it, they, because the track stayed so tacky, it kind of, it did fall off towards the end of time trials, but not like crazy, but like it was hard for guys after the 40th car to get up into the top 20 in time trials, both nights. The 40th car won their heat going away. Yeah. And that's car won their heat going away from the pole. they automatically get into that A main then. And I think that's the problem. Like if you're going to do, if you're going to stress points, line up the prelim nights by points. That's yeah, my, the A main on the prelim night doesn't mean you're in the A main for the Knoxville Nationals. Right. But still, right. but Jimmy's saying is like, so you win that heat, you're in the A main, even though you inverted there. And the guys that were fast, like uh, the, the 18 or the 20, whatever it was on Wednesday, had to go through a B and only four of them were getting to the A, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that your night's over yeah. and you have these other guys that caught inverts. This is why the format, though, is debatable because Brent Marks, second quick overall Wednesday night, mm-hmm. eighth to fifth in his heat, yep. second to first in the B because he quick time. It was quick. Only went plus nine in the A and was set, ended up seventh in overall points. Does the right. being in the B main of your prelim night that big a deal? If you're good enough, you pass cars in that B main. Track should be wider. Well, you're good enough. Second, though. And, and that's one reason he's still, he's, still, he's still locked into that top 16 because he passed cars. And only finished in the middle of the pack of the A main and prelim night. Yeah, right. sure. sure. But if Plus, you look at that B main, like Macri, I think, finished sixth in his B main. And he met, lost all opportunity to go on. I think it's not broken. I think so no, like you said, line him up by line him up by points. Or for that feature, or whatever, or, or do passing, passing points. points. Yeah, I think passing points. I like passing points better. If you're inverting eight, invert the whole field and do passing points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can. I'm all but the thing out. is, the problem is with passing points, and like I said, I've seen this before. You know, people. The debate is: was it a track problem or a format problem? It's it mostly a track problem, but you can't always control the track. Because of however weather might be, drivers can't control it at all. It, yeah, but you can control the format, and I think no, can't. drivers can't control the format. No, 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 no. I'm not the, talking the drivers. Race okay, promoters can. The race promoters can. You can, you could do whatever you want to the track. It's not always going to turn out the way you think it's going to. You know what I mean? You could do all different types of track prep. You could try all this different shit. If the weather's just not cooperating with you, which I don't think was the problem here. I just think they watered the shit out of it. 
but you can't always control the weather. So God forbid you did have a night where it rained right before, you know, they're supposed to go out for time trials and the track is heavy as shit all night. You can't control that. You got to get it in though. You could control that format though, to maybe combat that a little bit. I think maybe doing like an inverted six with some passing points. I think that would, that would change things, but it's still, it's still points. Do what Jeremy said, do the whole field. And because all it's going to do then, if you are good and can make passes, you're going to gain points and take points away from those guys that maybe benefit from an invert. Even if you're Brent Marks and you start 10th in your heat and only get to eighth, mm-hmm. six is probably still going to get the second and take points away from those guys. Exactly. Do plus right. two for gain spot, uh, spots gain and minus one to the guys who lose spots. And that could balance it out a little bit. I think that Sounds would look a lot like the chili bowl format, other than right. the random draw for your heat. Something yeah. like that. Right, right. It'd be something like the chili bowl format. Chili which seems bar- to usually work out pretty fair for it usually people. does. And I don't think Knoxville Nationals format is off that much. I think most of the 16 guys deserve to be there. Did I I'm not shitting on them. I'm not Do saying not that either. Don't, don't you take the task, JJ, the task. No, no, no. <laughs> JJ Hickle, was he one of the best 16th fastest drivers there that week? No, but he walked in. Was Darren Pittman one of the top 16 fastest drivers? No, but he locked in. You know what I mean? Just be, And none of those guys did anything other than time trial well and kind of hold their spots. You know, they did what they needed to do. I'm not taking anything away from them. They had, and Darren Pittman had a great nationals. But, and, you know, were they a, a top 16 driver? Borderline. Not even. And I think someone like a Logan Schuhart or even James McFadden, you know, I'm not trying to, like, play favorites to favorites to the outlaws but brent marks you know i, I think, think they could have been up a little bit more i think you you have a point like brent came out pretty good all things considered starting what seventh yep. he also uh, timed second right he also I had think, a third he also his pill draw was like third or fourth so he drove he drove up to the top three by the caution the midway yeah. three and then kind of stalled out from there but like to your point earlier if shuar doesn't have to go through the b main on saturday and starts 12th i think he gets up there and really fights dying Yes, they were hauling ass. Him and Jacob Allen both. He was the biggest um, loser of the week. And even though he had a great week, he was definitely the biggest yeah. loser of the week. He definitely what, had a shot. What if you draw for like you know how uh like the all stars do you race against your heat? You time against that's your what, heat. That's what I was gonna say too. If you do you could you still do your group, inverted dick, you group you everywhere. Your heat. Right. I don't I don't think it has to be beyond time trials, but at least you have that guy who if you have that many cars on a prelim night, fifty cars, and you're going from car one to car fifty. Very rarely does a track hold up that long to be even, mm-hmm. right? right? So you have a good car and a timing in the back, heads up against 50 other cars, they get to 20th. Is that where they want to set up their week? On two laps because no, of I mean, a bad pill draw? I think if you can, you don't have to worry about a pill draw bad if you and are able to line up in groups and, and you want to go against your group like an all-star so format. You still still invert. So yep. say, say there's 50 cars, you have, say you have five heats. Um, so 10 cars, would you still invert eight then? Yep. I wouldn't change a thing because you're at least going against the group, that, group that you timed with. Yeah. Right. You, you, it's, it's even, it's little, it's more, it's even, more right? even as you, you can have, You don't have a Brad Sweet who we know is good going out the 48th car and a track slowed down three quarters of a second and a guy who is a top 16 speed car times 30th. Right. Because you have, a guy who's, you have a guy who, not to make it sound bad, who, is probably not that someone I get to choose. I'm not gonna, I'll, I'll give you the Tasker Phillips. So, Tasker well, I was gonna Phillips say TJ Salas. Tasker, okay, whatever. I don't care. Take either one and say they pulled a pill draw to go out fourth in time trials. 
They end up in the top to 10 in overall time trials, and Brad Sweet's 30th. Right. Which pretty much happened, actually. Right. That was so what you said. He was doing a real-life example. I was going to go right. with something not so much real. And he was like a TJ Studs, who was out there for different reasons. He's out there, I don't know, just to be a part of it. But definitely not the the equipment and everything's not on Brad Sweet's level. If he gets a good pill draw, he could go out and set quick time because he was the fourth car out behind like right. McKenna Hasse and whatever. And, right, and the hard part there is TJ Studs may not have that single-car time trial speed like a Brad Sweet. But but you, put him in, you put him in a heat race with arrow, and the way these cars are so arrow sensitive, he can go out there and win that heat race. Right, which is a right? long way in most of the posse guys, to be honest. And it's I don't there's a there's a disparity there because the TJ Stutz has enough speed with with an arrow advantage being clean air versus the guys in the, behind him, and you can see that in Brent's heat. He was better than the cars in front of him, but he were they were locked down. It was just wide open. Mm-hmm. It's not a short track. It's a it's a big track, so. I, the track has to support the format. The format has to support the track. And I thought, it just did, didn't match up. I thought the heat racing, too, and both of them, like, that first night, the only guy that was able to gain any spots was Brett Marks, which Brett Marks, deservedly so, locked into the top 16. But it, you couldn't pass in the heat races. So yeah, these guys were on 38th, 39th, 40th. They well, were able to just check out. Was there something going on with the track? Because I mean, I saw a ton of. I mean, is that normal for a track? But I saw a ton of flat tires, just people just blowing oh, right in yeah, the feature. I that was. I think, I think everybody on the track. Yeah, they, everybody kind of felt the same way there. The way they were shredding like that, there wasn't any rubber. They weren't wearing the tires out. Something was cutting them. And hey, Larson blew his tire in about ten. Yeah, right. It was pretty early. Like, shredded it. Right? Yeah, there, was, there had to be. He was on the rim. He rode rode it on the yeah, rim yeah. like. And, this is my question is like Jimmy, you said you can't control the track, but like this is the Super Bowl of dirt racing. You, you can't can control the track. You can only you control you can only control the track. You can only you can only control the track to the extent and and my point was too is like they usually get pretty good weather at Knoxville, but God forbid you have a night where it pours rain and it's like you're starting time trials at ten o'clock that night because you need to get it in. Or something like that, or God forbid, right. you have to run it in the daytime. And now you have your prelim nights completely different, and all that. There's only so much you could control there. You could control, right. you have more control over the format. Was my point there? But yeah, you're right. I mean, they sh- I think they could have did a better job of track prep. I think they did pretty close to it on Saturday. I mean, yep. I think what it was on Saturday, it should have been all week. But I, and and the weather and everything has there, Didn't you have everybody minus Clint Garner? race on that track at some point for some that's, reason that's who a we lot more laps we yeah it's like garner you kept the track hammered down the whole time you held things together so speaking of saturday <laughs> um a little bit of drama throughout the night i think right like a couple things here and there it was getting some of those uh preliminary mains were interesting so mm-hmm. want to bring one up here jimmy uh, this is for you, buddy. This topic is, is right your wheelhouse. Going um, hard knocks here. Is that what we're doing? Not not Sheldon Hanshield. Or was this Friday oh, night? It was Friday. Not night. Sheldon. Right? Zirfus, Brock, and genitals. And on uh, that was Friday night. Heritage so that... genitals. Heritage <laughs> genitals. So that was Friday, Friday night. Friday. Hard knocks. It was in the feature in the A main, and they were one spot out of the transfer. You get top four, you transfer right into the feature on Saturday night. That's why it was such a big deal. It's not like it's not like how it was in prelim nights. So fifth place to battle in four. Uh Zirfoss was 
faster for about a lap and a half, two laps. He was couldn't get ass. around him. He was hauling ass. He was, I think he was going to get there. Yeah. Uh, him and Jonathan are racing hard. They're coming off a two. Jonathan looks like he, to me, looks like he made a last minute move to go up a lane coming out. Zerfoss tried to cross underneath him, and instead of Zerfoss lifting it all to make sure he cleared him, kind of just he clipped his left rear tire, and they both wrecked, and then it effectively lost their shot at making the feature big fights after there was a there was kind of a argument on the track jenaton wasn't happy his crew wasn't happy brock wasn't happy um jenaton being a hometown guy there basically he's a local driver there you had all the fans coming out of the woodwork harassing it looked to me looked like they're going down and harassing brock's crew after the race some things were going down um, I go 60 40 Brock on it. I, I'm a big Zerfoss fan. You're go, I, I mean, Jonathan needs, needs to hold a line there. Question, yeah, what was your percentage on Ross Chastain and Christopher Bell? It's 80 20 Bell. <laughs> what I, I said that the week I said that last week, it, it was all Bell. Brock all, I said, lifted. All, all I said about Chastain last week was that he's just becoming a common denominator. I, I agree completely on Jimmy's ratings on this. 100% agree. That was all Bell. 80-20, 90-10. I'm right there. That was Bell. It was stupid. I was going more on the, the move that Suarez made. was very similar to the Brock's, as in he could have just lifted and saved his race. Bigger pitcher. Oh, Chastain, you mean? Yeah, Chastain. Okay. He could have just this lifted. Is, but this is why this is 60-40, closer to sharing some of this, because – Bell had did that one time on older tires. It was not even. It's asphalt versus Chastain dirt. had a run. Oh, okay? yeah. Jonathan had no idea where Brock was. They don't have mirrors. They don't have right. any clue. Brock obviously had mentioned that Jonathan had been kind of there was kind of screwing around, holding yeah. the line. Jonathan also. Jonathan also. I saw him in a post race interview. He admitted to all that. Basically, right. he's like, yeah. So go ahead, sorry. So trying to impede the lane, okay? And Brock probably, in my honest opinion, Brock doesn't want to take himself out of that race, but he was also probably tired of it mm -hmm. and misjudged a little bit on the crossover with the closing rate. And, and that just was it. Him. He just clipped him. It wasn't like everybody was trying to say, it, like a lot of the people that were coming to Jansen. I, I think it looked worse. It looked worse because he got there and it kind of locked up. Yeah, it was like, it's over. It's over. Right. Like, you're me, locked up. Right. So it looks terrible. To me, Jenatin's already cockeyed before Brock's even hitting them. That's the way it looked like to me, but we don't have a great camera angle from the front stretch to the back stretch, to be honest. Right. And and Brock, Brock's been around. He knows that you do this on a straightaway. The odds of you wrecking with that guy are pretty high. Mm -hmm. So he's not trying to take himself out of this race. No, why would he do that? <laughs> so it was a little bit of both. It was a little bit of frustration saying, I'm not lifting. And there's also right? a sense of urgency there. You're, you're within 15 right. laps or so. You still need to get one more spot to get in there. You need to go. And then, you know, I, the, the part that I'll put on Brock is I, I don't know if I lift there, but I don't want to hit him. Right. But he squared him up, so he had no shot of passing him and turning mm -hmm. under him. But I also put a little bit of this on Brock because I think he was frustrated. And I think that maybe a he also, also took a little bit of an attitude of, like, I'm here to race and race for an outlaw win, and you're just here as a hobby. He kind of alluded to that in that, that interview a little bit. Like, you're here for a Saturday night. I'm here for points and to win, you know, try to make the Knoxville Nationals. 
he took a little bit of this like elitist attitude i'm an outlaw so kind of piss off I, so that little bit of attitude after is a little uh, cringy to me I, obviously i'm a fan but i give him a little bit of credit because that seemed like it was immediately after what happened right with, it was it was immediately like he he you're interviewing the guy when he's hot red hot you have guys coming in, some fucking farmer guy in fucking overalls who's been drinking beer out in the fucking stands for fucking five hours. Right. Comes down pissed. in the pits and says, "Fuck you for taking them out. I'll beat your ass, pussy!" In your pit as you're trying, as you're frustrated already, right. and you know, so and then you stick and then, a mic in his face, and then you stick a mic in his face. That's what he's gonna say. Brock's already pissed off and and whatever. I, I listen. There's I, a little bit I, of truth I, in what he said. Mm -hmm. It might have been out of some anger, but I still believe there's a little bit of truth in that where he's kind of taking a shot at Jenatin, going, "Look, bro." You're you're not here to do what I'm here to do. I'm an outlaw. Like it, it, there's, he was more aggressive with what he said, obviously. But yeah. I think there was some truth to this guy's in my way for a transfer spot when, like, he doesn't. He, he's not here for what I'm here for. And I think that's because at the end of the interview, then he says, "Oh, whatever. We'll race our way in tomorrow." It's like, bro, you don't realize that you're starting twentieth in the B main. You're not racing your way in, and he ultimately didn't. But I mean, I think he was just. Really pissed off, trying to keep his confidence up, knowing he had a fast car, and kind of got, you know, in his eyes, fucked. You know, <laughs> he he got boned a little bit, but in his eyes. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't have a problem incident, with anything he said. I think beyond the incident itself, I mean, we should probably touch on like how scary that looked at first when they and he got turned to the wall and Rock got launched. It was like, oh, this is going to be big. And somehow it ended up not being as big as I thought. I thought we were going to see Brock flip for a quarter mile. Yeah. Because he was yeah. out there backwards. I can't believe and nothing was broken on that car. He damn near kept it rolling. When he hit the ground and spun around, it was like rolling. I just don't think he wanted to drive back on the track, that was, which is probably smart on his part. And then still. Jonathan stopped right next to him, and they were all yelling and screaming on the track and almost turned into a fight on the track. And Which honestly would have been better. Go ahead, I was gonna say that that would have been like that's what you want like that's pay per view right there like I mean that make that part of the the that's format what that's that's what you get with the Knoxville Nationals though you really do I mean it's it's, it's always, intense it always pisses me off this is what pisses me off about dirt racing you're gonna you're racing dirt you're gonna have fights then there's always somebody leaving in handcuffs and it's like they're who the <laughs> fuck invited the sheriff like we don't that's not you're in a dirt race what do you think's gonna happen well the hard part there is you don't have as much security as you do at like a nascar race where these guys and there's pit crews and there's 54 people to tear them apart you ever seen some of the bowman gray shenanigans dude they're like right. jumping off and like you yeah. know like wwe drop kicking people and shit like and they're literally using their vehicles as weapons right and yeah. it's bowman it's like gray is dangerous <laughs> And it's it's like these these the hillbilliest of hillbilly kids, like that one kid that one video I saw in the bum gray couldn't even fill out a fire suit and he's out there with tattoos and he had to be a Dietrich fan. I mean, there's no way he wasn't like just just being an asshole in the track and you need a share for that at NASCAR events and these big top tier events. You have a NASCAR, you have security and pit crews and they'll break it up and they don't want to fight. I think that's why it's a little more grassroots, you know, uh, even though it is Knoxville, it's a little more grassroots. So that's yeah, probably why you get some of that dirt, you know what I mean? Cause it can get pretty violent. I mean, it can, it, it, and it's in the past it has, I just, I don't think it would have there in Knoxville, but like you look at highlights from, you know, I don't know, you know, what's that track in Georgia, Tennessee, you know, the track mama warned you about Cherokee, you know, <laughs> shit like that. And I mean, you got, you got good old boys just, beating the hell out of each other you know and it's 
Literally, Knox, like a Knox feels freaking... a little more pinky up though at this point because of how, you know. Well, well there's people everywhere. I mean, and people everywhere, yeah. and and honestly, it sounds just as bad. I think I'm gonna go back to something Smeal said here earlier, uh, which was a great point. Um, and I think we got to talk about it just real quick. If I could find it. The headline of Knoxville's vandalism. Yeah. Yeah. Where the hell does he? Mm-hmm. Timestamp was twenty one thirty. Biggest headline out of Knoxville were the vandalism slash theft, which took away from an overall damn good nationals. Yeah. Uh, you know, Justin Henderson, I think Logan Wagner. Um, I, I I read some of the details. There of, was another car. There was another trailer yeah. that had their tires slashed Friday night. Yeah, who's that? Was that Tanner Thorson's? No, Tanner Thorson's. No, it was Kale Thomas. Thomas. I mean, oh, Kale Thomas. That's yeah. right. The '94, uh, my boy Kale. Shout out Kale Thomas. Uh, did some did some COVID eye racing in my uh, racing rig here at my house. So, um, just, just a bad look, man. Like all around, like uh, such an event like this. Like, I don't, I don't, I just don't get it. And I don't know if I've ever. Is just I, I don't remember ever hearing this. I mean, do you guys remember? No, not really. No, I mean, it's been happening. All I heard about it, it's in the Midwest somewhere. Like I guess it's Iowa. Warning, well, it's a map, like on the map, it's like in the middle. Right. But I'm talking is the All Stars, <laughs> you troll. Uh, when they were at I-70 and things like that during that, they were being warned. Yeah, yeah. Keep loading, bud. Figure it out. Um, they were being warned about this kind of stuff happening um, at the All Star Show at I-70 and things like that. And then I guess I forget what late model team it was that. Had it happen Wednesday night somewhere out there in that general region of corn. And I don't know. Like I said, Logan Wagner from his Twitter stuff saying it was like $5,000. He stopped at a red light or something. To go and that basically what happened to Justin Henderson, too, is basically they were unloading. So part of the problem with Knoxville Nationals, I think, is and it's probably something that they're going to have to look at, is – there's too much going on for the town that it spills into the town. That's one of the great things about the event too. It turns the whole town. It's like, imagine Port Royal having, you know, you know, yeah. But bigger. Well, no, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Bigger. (laughs) Or it spills out into the town. You have people staying at houses and stuff like that. And, you know, so, but the problem, one of the things is, is that you can't bring your hauler into the infield of Knoxville. So you got to take your stuff. You got to park your hauler outside of the track, somewhere probably on the street. Unload your car, unload all your stuff, move your merch trailer, all that, and bring it inside to the fairgrounds. And, you know, are you going to lock your shit up every single time you go and make a run? And that's what sounds like what happened here with Logan and Justin Henderson. Well, Logan, they're making, like he was on the road, like driving. Was- he was going. He was five minutes from home, or whatever. No, 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 no. So they, <laughs> I was gonna say, they like rent a house. So like they're just a few blocks away from the track. Right. So they're going from the track to where they were saying it was like literally a couple blocks down, two red lights down. Smil brought hey. up a good point too. Hey. You basically leave your merch trailer out on the midway for a week. I mean, they are there for a long time. Most of the time, all these guys that go to the track, they're there for a weekend. Mm-hmm. They're there for a damn week, like camped out. I mean, I, don't know. I remember there was some headline like this at the Chili Bowl this year. There was stuff going on at the Chili Bowl like that because I remember like tires getting cut and windows getting busted out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kyle Loomis, 
I feel bad. He's he's the guy who's doing the be kind stuff and, and um, really highlighting some of the good people in the sport. And he's been doing some good stuff with the World of Outlaws and everything. Um, he went to his home track last night and he got his windows busted out because he's trying to do something. Maybe it's because he's he got harassed. It sounded like at Knoxville. I don't really know the guy. I kind of just follow him loosely on Twitter. And I saw him, you know, with some of this other stuff, but that's, it's just terrible. Like, what are you, what's going on? It just seemed very ultra dramatic and a lot of just trashy shit going on, man. I just, you think this is bad? NASCAR has signed up to descend about 10,000 rednecks on the south side of Chicago <laughs> on 4th of July weekend. Is that sure, where the fine. Civil War breaks out? Is that where it actually starts? I mean, Pretty we sure. could be a week, it could be upon us, but. <laughs> they're sending they're sending um their fan base to Southside Chicago on July fourth weekend. That should go well. That's gonna be interesting. I won't be there. I think, <laughs> I, think I don't you think it's a... <laughs> Brett Perigo has joined us in in the chat. Shouts out to the legend. Shouts out. How does one go about getting on the podcast like the Zerfos guy can do better than him? That <laughs> all sounds like shots fired, and we would love to have you on, Brett. Uh, we'll have to sounds like a drinking and dump it type kind of deal going on here. Yeah, it sounds like we He's should bring around. you on. He's sitting around here in the next 20 minutes or so. I don't know. I've, I've met Perigo, and I think I've ever heard him say four words. So, you know, oh, you gotta get him going. You got this is a podcast where you got to talk. I mean, you know, you can't just drive your wingless <laughs> car around and impress us. You know, you, you got to come in here and have uh, a minute in real quick. I'm going to fix this real quick. You guys go on. I'm going to fix this real quick. Where is he? Um, so, the, uh, the, uh, is it Parker Price Miller? Is that the right. BPM injury? The, yeah. Yeah, man. That first right. I thought, I just watched the, you know, the, the highlight uh, video. But I saw it, and I thought it was the guy in the car that was just completely beat to shit. But yeah, right. you would have thought so, right? That was one of weird times sitting there in silence. The whole place was quiet, and I was with you, Josh. I thought it was Hickel because they, they they all said PPM got out of the car, and it was just nothing for it felt like forever. And I'm like, this is the worst part of all of this. We knew it was a bad wreck. You saw the car flip. And the whole front of Hickel's car is bent to hell. And it's like, damn. But it ended up being PPM with his vertebrae and stuff. Like, that's rough. Well, what's crazy is when that first happened and you, you on the Dirt Vision or, yeah, Dirt Vision broadcast, you know, they, they all run over to Hickel's car. And quickly, as they're like lean down looking, you see PPM fall out of the car. I don't know if you saw that. He actually got himself unbuckled and fell out on the car, out of the car on the ground. And they immediately left Hickel and went over to PPM and they left him linger for, I don't know, maybe 10 more seconds. And then they pulled away from the wreck and never went back because then they started to get worried. And I went, they ran away from Hickel's car pretty quick. And I heard him say he was getting out. And I'm like, PPM's banged up here. Something's up. Like, even though he moved and got out of that car, obviously we see the results now of the two vertebrae. And thankfully, you know, it sounds like he's going to be able to heal up without surgery. So, you know, thank goodness for that. But like, like it quickly went like, oh, Hickel, Oh man, that's that thing's bet. Wait a minute, he just flopped out of that car. Like, yeah, he's on. yeah, there's a problem here, right? And they immediately left Hickle. Not that they didn't, but he must have said, I'm good, right? Because they'd lean in there, yell, and then they turn around and see him on the ground and they quickly went. So, definitely that that time where 
you know, watch enough of these races where when the broadcast fl flips away, they don't want to show you the wreck. They're not going to give you a second look at it until they say something. And the longer it went without saying anything, the more nervous you get, the more nervous you get about it. Right. So, and, and I think anybody that's watched enough of those is like something was up here for sure. So, um, yeah, man, hopefully he's good to go. He's had a rough go of it the last two years, you know, uh, with the cancer and just coming back from that and, yeah. and kind of get back in the groove a little bit and, you know, getting his girl sunshined and, um, <laughs> Damn it. You know. <laughs> I oh, like, did I steal I knew, from I, you? I knew somebody was going to pull the trigger. I didn't, I didn't want to give a shout out real quick to He's, Sunshine. He had a great for three. Uh, <laughs> He did. You know, led laps there. Uh, you know. Mm, but anyway, no, the... serious note there, man. You never want to see a guy hurt. And it, it's yeah, just yeah. pretty close knit sport. And he, a he lot better than Nationals, you know? He got, out, he got out of the car, and I'm like, man, he went down to the ground then. And what it reminded me of is like the million times I got ran over when I played football and I would get the wind knocked out of me. Yeah. That's what yeah. it looked like to me. And I, 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 not that I wasn't taking it seriously. I was just kind of like, he might have just got the wind knocked out of him. And they just don't know how he is yet. FDS over here saying, I said in Discord first, there's a neck and back injury because he's a fucking doctor over here. Oh, that's yeah. because he's done that to so many cars. He, as he's doing, he's like, oh. That was a that's a neck and back right there. But what was it, the Geo thing? I knew that was Geo by the wheels. No, I knew it was Geo when they said it was Geo. <laughs> you clown. He's on it, man. This guy. Oh, this fucking like, I knew it was Geo right away. Look at the <laughs> look at the rims. I knew it wasn't hard. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. I'm like, I, said, I, I saw orange. I'm like, oh, is it hot and shield for like five seconds max well i knew it was, it was him right away because of the of the rims look at me i'm so smart so, <laughs> you guys are you guys are used to you know dirt vision flow racing you know kind of shitty production what did you no 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 this is good what did you think about the production at the nationals it's great as far as like cameras and uh Track angles. You're used to like NBC and Fox right. covering NASCAR, so I get it. I think it was great. I think it's the best it's ever been. I do you know, think really? NASCAR should take notes and not be so zoomed in. You can lick the car's window. Like, That's Fox. Like... Listen, but if we want to go to NASCAR broadcasting, night and day difference between Fox and NBC. NBC yeah. such an in, does such an infinitely better job than Fox. It's disgusting. I kind of wish in the next contracting they find somebody else other than Fox if they could get back to ESPN or something because ESPN, NBC really? uh, somebody because Fox just does such a shit job. <laughs> in my opinion, Fox just does such a shit job. I hate watching the Eagles on on Fox. That their for their sports broadcasting just isn't where it should be compared to other places. But that's besides the fact. Yeah, I think Josh, we're so used to Dirt Vision and their production, and Jimmy Johnny Gibson, and we're we're all just sort of used to it. So I don't know if we judge it necessarily, but you know, between Flow and Dirt Vision, they all do a pretty good job for being kind of out in the middle of nowhere in these tracks and setting them up on the fly. It's not you don't have the facilities you would like a NASCAR and platforms and pagodas and billboards and the facilities aren't really built to be like broadcasted in a sense and they, right. they've been doing like the over the years but it's pretty good production production as far as for what it is is do, do a pretty good job and I, for us, I think 
And for us as Dirt fans, you could just give us a static cam at the very top at start-finish line where you could just see the whole track, and we'll be happy. We don't need that's anything what we, else. That's, what we used to, that's, probably what we, that's probably what we would rather, rather than all these different camera angles, because then you could see the whole track. That's, I mean, that's like, battles. you go back, we talked about it Saturday. Like There was a time whenever Knoxville was going on, and you had to either have Dirt Vision audio up to know what the hell was going on, or wait till the next that night to see on hose heads on who the hell won the damn race. Or, mm-hmm. or next morning, I read the newspaper. And so when they started doing like Dirt Vision Max, initially it was only the big races where you could see some video. You could have put the grainiest thing up there ever. We'll figure it out. We're watching. It's cool as hell. It's only I the would... past three, four years since we've actually had this type of, this level of quality production. Like, when so... TNN was like, broadcast the Knoxville National, it was like the greatest day of your life. Like, <laughs> even though like Speed Channel. Delayed. It was tape delayed five months well, later. Even... Like even like when Speed Channel was doing it live <laughs> for a couple of years, so it was a couple of races or the, the outdoor channel or was that yeah, the outdoor channel where they would do it, it was like it was the yeah, greatest ever. Like, oh you can see your boys on there, you can, oh there goes okay. Odnet. You'll be able to watch uh Knoxville Nationals probably come, you know, probably leading up to Christmas on CBS Sports Network. <laughs> because that's that's usually what we're used to when it comes well, to Well CNN was live back then, but CNN was, yeah. Right. But yeah, overall it was. What'd you think, Josh? You were asking kind of inquiring I, from an outsider, I for this being like such the talk to big dirt race, I thought the production would be a lot higher than what it was. I mean, there was still a lot of stuff that happened on track that they don't even have camera shots of. And I mean, I know okay. in this day and age it's hard, but I mean, you know, no. look at like look at like golf. You know, golf goes out and they'll put up these towers. They have cameramen setting in hundred foot JLG lifts for ten hours a day. I mean. You know, there are ways to do it, and if you want people to take the sport seriously, and if you want this to be a big deal, you have to appeal to people outside of what you're appealing to now. I love this take. Yeah, and, like, I'm with you, right? So, from it. the outsider's take, the, the hard part is right now is just the revenue and the money side of it. Right. If you look at golf and you look at the money being thrown around and the TV networks that are involved, Dirt Vision is Dirt Vision. Dirt Vision is not tied into any big network. They are their own company they started this from the ground up and and the money being thrown around is at a different level than these high-end professional sports and i think what you see it's hard to you're setting the bar to compare them apples to apples because it's all the only thing you can compare to there's nothing else really you should be wanting to compare flow and dirt vision if they had the same broadcast and what would their quality be together because right now that's about apples to apples to a professional level sport on a network on television right to what you have here you're going to go wow this is the biggest race of their this is their daytona 500 i would expect more but at the same time where it was even five years ago to today is light years ahead of what it was you know it's just advanced huge when dirt vision first started they only did how many races a year 30 40 yeah you had audio at most races i thought audio and then video at 30 or 40 yeah now they do every single outlaw show they do every single williams Williams grove Grove. and multiple every knoxville every uh jacksonville yeah they do a shit right within the last five to eight years they went from audio everywhere and video 30 times a year to multiple tracks and on Australia, every single race they do. So it is actually in its infancy stages in a scheme of things, even though Knoxville is 175 grand to win, it's in its infancy. It's less than a decade old of it being 
good, you know, watching right. everything. So, you know, it's not the, and it's becoming bigger and bigger because you're seeing more and more tracks doing it. Even that's the big debate right now is, is even worth it for the tracks because people are going to watch it on TV versus show up. You know what? Knoxville sold out. Get over it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if, for, for a sprint car fan like myself, if I wanted to watch the West coast, I will go pay for flow or dirt vision. What am I going to do? Fly to the West Coast every weekend to watch a race? Right. Mm -hmm. At least I have eyes on a track uh, like what's out in the West Coast Trophy Cup, right? Um, uh, uh, any Gold of these, Cup, yeah, like Silver Dollar and Placerville and places, right? Like that. Whatever they run weekly, I would have had to read it on Hose Heads, watch it. Who knows what? But right now, I can go, man. If I'm ever in California and I'm near any of these tracks, guess where I'm going? I've saw that yeah. on Dirt Vision, right? That's what it's intended for. These tracks that are bitching saying just keeping fans away, they just sit at home. Stop it. Be better promoters. That's my opinion on that. I don't right. know. Give them a reason to go. There tonight. But Josh, I think what you what you saw Saturday night was light years ahead of where it was five to ten years ago. And I think it'll continue to improve. Well, and I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't realize, I guess I didn't realize that, you know, dirt is just now, I didn't think about that. Dirt's just now kind of really getting into the TV market. But Smeal brought it up, you know, Knoxville being live on speed hurt ticket sales more than Dirt Vision or PPV would ever hurt it. Did it, did it actually, though? Because they used I, to have massive crowds. I think that's a good idea. I mean, if it's in its like, infancy. People in the speed days back, back in the mid-2000s. It was sold out, right? I mean, like these dirt, I think if it's in its infancy, these dirt people should look at, you know, your your crown jewel races. Should do like take like the '90s WWF format. Your crown, you know, your WrestleManias, your crown jewel races. Throw it pay per view. Throw a shit ton of production into this it. Was, this was pay per view though. Right. It was like one hundred and fifty dollars just to buy the right. four days. So not yeah. So it's it's weird. I get what you're saying, but it's. I think some of this back to Jamie's point started with the tracks were so against it because it hurt them, but also to Jamie's point, if I was on host heads. One, I probably don't even read a thread about anything on the West Coast that wasn't outlaw related. Um, and therefore, would probably never go there if I went out there because you don't even know what you're looking at. You don't have a visual. Um, I think this being pay-per-view, though, Knoxville, they'll keep holding themselves to a different bar. They wanted that in the live TV stuff because they heard ticket sales from their side, even though they could do a blackout around it like Indy does with Indianapolis 500. So still being pay-per-view, it's still – who's paying $150 to watch it? Like, there's a there's a limit there with how much streaming there is now. Like, have you guys they – were, They were talking during the broadcast like, oh, there's a lot of first-time Dirt viewers with us. Really? Who's paying – if you're a first-time Dirt viewer, you're not paying $150 to watch this race. I mean, I guess I guess the night of the main, it was like 50 60 bucks, but still, that's 50 60 bucks. You're not going to do that unless you're – a dirt fan, most likely. Yeah. Let's also do a comparison. You talked about the WWE and a pay-per-view. But on WWE, why would you be interested in buying a pay-per-view? Because you get to watch it on your cable network free for week after week after week after week. You didn't have to buy a subscription to watch the WWE all those weeks. Your your parents, when you were a kid or as an adult, you're watching it every week. It's available. Just click the station. Mm -hmm. To get right now, there isn't a big TV network that broadcasts all these outlaw races where they can then make a special race special and go pay for it. That you have to pay for a subscription to watch them at all. The only exposure so, they get is on CBS Sports Network, and it's all months down the line, taped late yeah. like in their off season, and, and they show it at like ten o'clock at night. Like and and right because like for 
the only reason I had the National Nationals because I had the Platinum Pass, which is like three hundred a year. So it was like whatever. Uh, the yearly one, you get Knoxville Nationals for free with it versus right, right monthly. So if you're paying, so like Smeal has, I think Dirt Vision, but he only has the monthly one, which is used to be good enough to do whatever. And it was like that's what I had, and I already had the Platinum to get things like Knoxville. But um, you're paying four dollars a month, then you get to Knoxville, you have to pay one hundred and fifty dollars for that package or upgrade the Platinum Pass. It's like, well, that's kind of shitty. And then Flow Racing, on the other hand, is 150 bucks. So if you have both, I don't know. It's yeah, it's rough. You're lucky this could have been my rant section, <laughs> but we were not going to get into that tonight. My rant <laughs> section about it hurting te- hurting uh, local track attendance. But oh, please, please I, fire off. I, I don't know if I should, man. So fire off. listen. First of all, I'm going to say TV, flow racing, dirt vision is not hurting your track attendance. You are hurting your own track attendance. I'm, it's, I'm sick and tired of this argument that these two, these, these entities are hurting track uh, attendance because if the tracks really cared about it, they would do a better job promoting their own racetrack and trying to get fans to get there versus saying, oh, we're so-and-so, they'll just show up. No, you're trash-ass promoting and unwelcomeness toward fans and not having a reason for people to show up on a weekly show that means nothing is the reason your people aren't fans aren't showing up your poor track perform your poor track prep your um dirty facilities not up-to-date facilities all of those things are the reason people aren't showing up not dirt vision not flow racing if you want to get national exposure those networks are going to do that for you it's not keeping the local fan away you were keeping your local fan away. I lived it this year. I felt it this year more than ever personally. And I can see why people would not want to show up. They show up for the big races. Why? Because their friends do. You're doing nothing to attract new fans to the racetrack. You're terrible in social media. And I will say the best example of it in our local area is Port Royal Speedway. Port Royal Speedway has done a fantastic job with their facility, their tra- their engagement with their fans, their self-promotion. Uh, the promoters of the track have done an amazing job. These other tracks are going to die a slow death and blame it on TV networks when that's absolutely the wrong angle. I know which ones you're talking about, and I totally agree. I, I agree with you, too. I am. It's probably a story for another time. But when this all first started, I called a racetrack up there to try to get media passes for Chris and Jimmy. Yep. And the lady that I talked to was, you know, in charge of this track and pretty much like laughed me out the door and said, a podcast isn't media. And we have our own media and we have our own like racing subscription. And I mean, just was a complete asshole about it. And I was like, all right, well. These guys and the yep. hell with that track. Yeah. <laughs> and it was easier when I was just a fan and wanted to show up every week and watch my favorite driver race. But now that I, w- I want to go there as a little bit more involved, no, that was the wrong lady, probably, Brett. Uh, I think, right? Is that the right no, lady? That's, or wrong lady? that's probably the one Josh talked to. That, that's the one Josh talked that, to. Okay. I couldn't. Okay. Fair enough. I um, have no idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, you did. Um, you know, I. Getting a little bit behind the scenes this year, not not not. I'm not even saying I, I have, but enough to realize that they are they're in their own way. They're set in their old ways. They have no idea what they're doing to attract the new fans. They're just 
hoping and praying people like me bring my kids to the track or uh, invite my friends, whatever, to the track. Kids, you know, they get into it. Hoping that we do it. Listen, I, I don't want to bring anybody to that place and support it if they're going to treat people the way they treat people. And I've seen it all year long, and I will continue to see it. Now, some of the tracks, I've had the experience of how I was treated. Some of the tracks decide to not even clean the pavement in the pit area and have to water the dirt in the pit so it's not dusty. That's over asphalt. They don't even want to take care of their track, their facility, their their track prep, their, um, you know, they, they do fireworks and think, think it's enough 13 times a year to bring people to the track and hold them over, and everyone sees right through it. It's a joke. So... You know, they're their own worst enemies. It's not dirt vision and flow. Right. That's my fire yeah. off segment. I mean, I, I agree. With yeah. And debuting the new topic. Debuting the new segment, fire off. This is when one of us get heated. We're passionate about these sports, man. We're we're passionate about this shit. Sometimes you just need to fire off. You need to let it off your chest. This is the spot for us to do it, and this is the segment. It's called fire off. It's new. <laughs> and it was Jeremy's idea. Anyway. So it was perfect. <laughs> um, it worked out, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. Josh, next? Josh, how does that, so, how does that make you feel, Josh? As you, as you were talking about that, uh, I think Smeal brought up a great point. There's a reason Steve O'Neill has won four to five, I think it's five straight promoter of the year awards for Port Royal. And you said that was the one track you gave a shout out to because they're doing it right. They are. Right. And, and I, I love going there. Um, I've thanked. Um, Justin Snyder when I've, I've left the track and said man you you know you guys are doing the right things here and they're welcoming they want people to be there they want their feedback and they've done obvious improvements to that place and it's paying off and based on their attendance even on a weekly show that isn't special people are still showing up so kudos to Port Royal Speedway yeah a lot of people are talking a lot of shit like they, they fell off and, and, and stuff like that because they weren't getting the attendance that they normally get beginning of the year some of the weather was iffy and that's the beauty of I think of streaming is like if the weather's iffy and they're still going to try to get it in you got streaming at home that you could still do it Port Royal's still making money you still get the race in the racers are making money still if they come out you know and and brave if it's iffy weather like that i think that's one of the best things about it but a lot of people are are twisting that to be a negative yeah i agree um so that's sort of the knoxville fire off segment there you know pa dirt recap we had some unique racing this weekend we had big diamond clinton county yeah um, you were there you were there at big Big diamond on on Friday night, which was super cool. Got got a media credential to get there, uh, not to get there, but to be able to shoot from the infield. That was super cool. So thankful to the Dirt Track Digest guys, Adam Buchanan, uh, Jeremy Ellett at SprintCarUnlimited.com. Shot for those guys, and that was super fun. Great experience. Um, you know, super privileged to have that opportunity. It was really cool. That was a unique facility for sure. That was my first time there, and it's it's uh, if you've ever been to like Path Valley and you sit in the stands and look down at the track. That's kind of what this was. Everywhere around it was like higher than the track, and you look down. I haven't uh, been there since I was a little kid. Shaped like a you, diamond. Did you wall in the back find stretch. the front stretch on your first try? What parking lot. The first uh, parking lot. Well, kind of. I pulled in, and it was right there. Yeah. See, when I went there for the first time, <laughs> I found the back stretch, not parking lot, the straightaway. Weird. How, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not I don't sure know how, how the GPS you took you right, right there. No, the GPS took me through straight up coal piles. I'm navigating these things, saw like the the lights, 
It's in the middle. Boom. Track. So like, shit. Like, wow. They do warm-ups on the outside. They still do warm-ups on the outside, and they do them on the track. Like, heat the motors. Uh, they did it on the track because they put 39 right. million gallons so of water. We were there, there's a little, like, ring outside the track, and they would do it yeah. in there. I drove onto that ring right before that, so I'm glad that I was not 10 minutes later. That would suck. Cool story. Sorry, got. How long ago was this? Uh, 2011. So that long yeah. ago. So before yeah, GPS was real. Okay. It was Garmin. So, yeah. Now it's a super cool place, and and next I want to go again and and really um, go different places to shoot. You know the cars at, and there's some pretty cool little scenes scenery that it would be fun to do. So that was really neat. Mark Smith picked up the win there. Um, you know he's had a pretty good like quiet sneaky 410 season. Hasn't had the results to show up, but has had speed. Lost the race at Williams Grove because motor got hot. He's been leading some other places and had some good runs. Um, you know, Halligan finished second, I believe, in that one. So mm-hmm. he had a really good run. Norris and Raymer were all there. Um, but it was a fun little fun little joint. And they um and Bert uh Bert Wojo. Uh I don't want to say his name right, but he threw up, got some extra money for the 358, 360 guys and highest finishing one. And saw you sponsored a little bit of that. Cheers to Threw you. a little bit of cash at that, you know, try to support. I'm what was that? <laughs> this is my bedtime alarm, boys. Oh, uh, <laughs> it sounded like a baby, yeah. like mobile thing. Because I thought it was up there. Uh, I never listened to it. <laughs> you know, hey, when have you got? When have you gotten to bed before one a.m.? I've Ever. had it forever. I just never listened to it. I just do uh, that. <laughs> throw up some extra money for the highest finishing three fifty eight three sixty guy, and it ended up being Chris Frank. Uh, he was hey, super oof. 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 My boy, oof, oof. did it. Um, he ended up getting the money, and he took almost took home almost thousand dollars between his finishing position oh, and shit. the extra money raised. Yeah, so oh. you know he was super thankful for that, and it was cool to support. It wasn't much, but uh, any little bit helps, and that's why I go. I want to support the tracks and the racers, man. And and it's cool when it all comes together. The tracks happy to have you, and the racers are thrilled. So that was fun. And um, so what was uh, what was after that big dive and then Clinton County. The clit county and Lincoln, the, yeah, the old, Lincoln. The old clit, uh, clit and uh, Lincoln Speedway and Clinton County. They had like night. six or seven 305 cars there <laughs> combined with the 360s and the 410s. You had all different forms of spring multi class racing, and there was, there was some 305 guys that finished in the top five and the top 10. Uh, that was and they had enough for B main and everything, and they got a good car count out there, and then Lincoln. Had over 30 cars. Troy Wagaman Jr. My boy Shut Troy. Up. First career for 10 men. It was awesome. Tenth. And he deserved he deserved one for sure. He he earned it. Not deserved he it. He earned it right? He's had a bunch of seconds this year and had some great runs against good uh, you know good weeks. And he you know, he started there. You mentioned 12th. He started 10th and actually said he fell back to 12th at the very beginning mm-hmm. and had to get his head on straight and get his head out of his ass a little bit and go. And hey, look, you gotta be in a position to create your own luck, right? The one W was probably the best car most of that race with uh Robbie Kendall there, and they blew up their I don't know, 49th engine in the last two years. So um, it seems like anyway, but you right. know, Troy was there and and was running good pace and kept up with him and took the lead and 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 checked out. So shout out to Troy, man, he's had a great season. Uh, you know, magically, their program has gotten way faster when they switched over to FK. Um, shock. So, um, you know, Cage suspension, Drew Bible, and those guys really hooked up Troy and and got that thing hooked up. And uh, I little birdie told me that trip trip. 
Troy Givler or yeah, Troy Givler. Troy Givler. <laughs> Jordan, our boy Jordan Jordan Givler back there um is gonna be on FKs. So Ooh. they just arrived. Making a switch. Uh so got that, that little bit that, of, was that Birdie's name that starts DK? D tune Dakota Coon, baby. So he'll be on FKs, and you know that really helped Troy's program a lot this year. And they have, you know, they have a good piece together, and got his first career win. And I think there's more coming, man. So super proud of him. Great dude. Been a fan. Been been a friend of his for a long time. It was really cool to see. Wish really, really wish I was there, but um, yeah, we'll just go with that. Dakota Coon and David Smeal are like this. They are the best of friends. They love each other. It was cool for Troy, like obviously being his first 410 win. I think he catches Kendall anyway. He was running him down. It would have been fun to watch them duel it out there at the end, even if but the middle blows, and that's good for Troy. So, hell of a race. I can't get over Chris has a bedtime alarm. <laughs> I know, right? that, that one broke me. Brett, Brett, we're holding you to it. Brett's going to be on the show next week. We're holding him to it right now. Hey, awesome. Um, so, we're going to bring him out. They got Silver Crown going on next week. He's also going to be racing sportsmen's at Bloomsburg. Fingers crossed. Everything goes right. Uh, awesome, awesome dude. He's the guy that you hear when you guys tune in at the beginning of the show. You hear him, Victory Lane, you, second place. But And you see him thanks to Jeremy You see him. You see him thanks to Jeremy Zarfos over here. You hear him on his podium interview. Shout us out. Awesome guy, friend of the show. Great kid. Great dude. Stick merch. Awesome merch, the best merch. <laughs> we gotta wear the merch next week. Now, you guys, boys. You guys really gotta get on. Did we wore it last week? Yeah, you gotta, we gotta get wear it next week for sure. Wear it last week, I showed you guys it last week. Do need George uh, Wood? All right, we're gonna, we got it. We gotta get through a couple more topics here before we get done. We're already over two hours, so I'm this having fun. fun. This, I'm having, a, I'm having a blast. While uh, you're figuring out the next topic, can we just point out that Smeal's gonna get his ass kicked by Dakota Coon if they ever see him face to face? I don't know why. Oh, Dakota Coon's gonna definitely beat. Like, I wouldn't fight that dude. With that I would not be. I would not. No, I would not. I'd fight Smeal, oh. but not Dakota. Um, Dakota's the type that'll dirty cheap shot you. I mean, he's that kind of guy. Yeah, he is. But that's fine for Smeal. I don't fight him though. I'd fight we Smeal. We've all we've all yes. eaten right rear from Dakota. I have not yet. In a, a cartoon right rear from Dakota. <laughs> At once, once or twice. So. Um, are we trying to still sponsor last for uh, Tuscore 50? Yes, we are. Thanks for the reminder. I got a call this week. Um, let's get into the week ahead in dirt. And it's kind of a big deal here, um, potentially. Kyle Larson, Brad Sweet started their new series, High Limit Racing. It kicks off tomorrow night at Lincoln Park Speedway in Illinois. 22000 to win for a midweek show. Uh, un- they're the sanctioning body. So um, you're not going to see any outlaws there. They're not allowed to run it. But I already sure. see Brent Marks commit. I've seen Carson McCarro commit. Alex Pretty much Bowman. all the all-stars. Alex Bowman, Chase Briscoe. They're the all running. not running it? He can't. Dumb. Fuck the outlaws. I said it. That's right. I don't want to get into another fire off segment, but fuck the outlaws. Good comp- competition is good for anybody, and they need it. Not the outlaws, apparently. That's what they think. That's what NST tried to remember. Am I old enough to remember NST? This is yeah, very. That's the one that, is that like the baseball league guys? Steve, the baseball symbol? When Steve Kinzer defected, went ran NST. It's hmm. like 50 or whatever, was it? The Nationals. Or, no, that was 50. 
No, national, national sprint tour. The national like sprint 07 tour. range. Like Lasowski yeah. and those guys, a lot of those guys went over. And they had like the damn baseball MLB logo by the sprint car instead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Something yeah. like that, if I remember right. It uh, has gone down in the annals of uh, history, you know, so. That was big news back then. Uh, and then also Jackson Nationals this week, right? Jackson yeah. Nationals. Jackson Nationals, another three-day show for this is an outlaw show. I don't know how many cars they're going to get there. Maybe some. I know not. I know. I doubt it. I th- I think he's going to come home. I mean, he's not going to go from Illinois back up to Minnesota, would he? Mm, yeah. $1,000. I feel like he <laughs> Why comes would you not? Back. I mean, he's, Jeremy he's just been, said he's been away home. My thing is, knowing how Brett's been this year, and him picking and choosing the schedule. He's been away from home for two weeks. They're going to run this tomorrow night. You know, I don't see any reason why you go back up to Minnesota to come back home, but I don't know. $100,000. You would know better than I would. I'd yeah, just, face, I, face. I, I, no, I don't know. Honestly, I don't remember looking at the schedule. I'm not sure what he's doing, but I don't see any reason he would need to come home unless they're out of equipment. And the All-Stars, yeah. but it's not that much money com- comparatively. It's twenty five grand to win. It's still a pretty decent payday. It's, right. I mean, tomorrow night is twenty two grand to win for just a normal. Isn't what's, what's, what's going on PA this weekend? PA is just all everybody's just kind of getting back to normal. Grove will run, Port Royal will run, Lincoln will run, just kind of regular shows. And you got a, you got the All Stars starting to come in next week. So, uh, nice. the Wee's running Bridgeport next week. Not to jump ahead, but I saw that drop today. Oh no shit! With the All Stars, that's kind of surprising. Would, why wouldn't you weekday show? Thursday, yeah. yeah. So next week is Bloomsburg Wednesday, Bridgeport Thursday, Williams Grove Friday, Lincoln Saturday. Hold and on, then Bedford next Wednesday. Yeah, next already. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think Brett comes home. Maybe they try to get. Yeah. So you got Bloomsburg. It's five days in a row Bloomsburg, Bridgeport, Grove, Lincoln, Bedford on Sunday. So and then the week after that is already Labor Day weekend, and you get into Tusky Fifty. They go all stars go to Sharon, and then they come back for Tusky Fifty. Might have to make a trip to Bloomsburg again, boys. Yeah, the old all stars. Yes, I wish uh, Chris Lynn over here would make his ass up here. You know, give his balls a tug and make his way over to Bloomsburg, but it's okay. He was here one time already. I wish I could go to Bloomsburg again. It's a sweet place. Uh, I'm going back on Thursday. I'm hoping they did a lot of. They completely resurfaced the track since the last time the All-Stars were there earlier this year. And I'm going Thursday, hope, hopefully, <clears throat> for the rescheduled fan appreciation night where we get to see some 305s and 360s and some midgets run there and try to see what the new track looks like. It's not like brand spanking new, but when I was there during the rain delay, it looks like they did a little bit to turn one and they added a little bit of banking in turn four, which I think is exactly what people were asking for, especially drivers. I really wanted to see. Yeah. I, a lot of people complain about turn one, but I think turn one is such a problem because the way turn four was, I think if they have more speed that they can carry out of turn four and get into turn one, it's going to make it wider. That's just my opinion. I'm not a driver. I'm not a crew chief. I'm not none of that. I'm just a fan. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's the week ahead. Uh, Jackson nationals. We'll see how many cars they get. Three-day show, 25 to win on Saturday. Should be interesting. Let's get quick into the iRacing stuff. Uh, we had the full throttle league last week. I did not make it because I was sleeping. I was not there either. Chris wasn't there. Yeah, that's right. Josh and Kirby, you guys had great runs. How, tell us about it. Josh, you go first. Jeremy, I think probably... Uh, you were second and fourth, probably, right? Yeah, second and fourth. 
Um, I probably should have had a third. I was running Kyler down and probably saved a little bit too much. I got done with my run and had like 50-something percent left on my tires. So, But it's so hard to know how much to save and how much to leave. But I think I think Jeremy had, the uh, what, three weeks in a row, the first or second fastest car and got results with it this time. So had a hell yeah, of a was- run. It it was fun. I I I like that place. I like the mile and a half. So I like the tire wear stuff. I so for whatever reason the tire wear tire savings natural to me. I was really hyped about Richmond, even though I'm kind of trash at the smaller tracks. I was pretty hyped about it, and I just made you know self induced mistake. But it was still top three speed. I think. Um, you know, I ran second again to William Brown here, and I got within a second of him uh, on that long run. And and you know, I think him and I were kind of the class of the field at the end of that deal there. We were what three, four seconds ahead, or or maybe more yep. at the end of that, and uh, you know I, I ran Kyler down and 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 passed Kyler and walked away. Uh, once I did, and him and I, him William and I, William Brown and I were at about the same speed again and ran second to him. So I'm going to have to wreck him. Uh, I think it's going <laughs> to have to happen. Give him the old Chastain special, bud. I, I'm not going to continue to run second to anybody. I don't care who they are. Uh, <laughs> so. We're, we're at Iowa this week, and it's a short track, and, you know, sometimes you just push a little too hard, and, yeah. you know, things happen. So I love Iowa. Uh, I I'm, I ran a few, you know, I ran some I practice. wish it would really get on the Cubs schedule. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, it's a fun track. It seems really fast, but it's slow. Uh, it's a short track with with a lot of speed, especially early in a run. The cars are really it's, fast. But after about 20 laps, they fall off pretty hard. Yep. It's uh, literally the polar opposite of Richmond. It's like the anti-Richmond. It really is. Uh, it you know it has bumps in the bottom of one and two, three and four, one and one and two. You know you can it, you can run it up off the bottom. You can run the middle. Super looking forward to Iowa. We'll see how we go this week. But what I see for Iowa, die bomb city. People are going to get. There's going to be tempers this week. I more than I think any other week, just because I think like if if I'm a guy who's good at saving tires, and you're going to have some of these guys who aren't. I'm going to be laying up early in the, in the corner where they're going to be just dive bombing it. And there's going to be some, there's going to be some heated, some, some tempers. Uh, I just, I'm telling you now. That's pretty but much tires. Or and tires going to matter. Yeah. I'll say it's going to be an old school NSRL race where tires might not matter. Cause there's so many cautions. Right. That's a good thing. Oh, you and, bastards. Right. Less tires. If it goes green, um, I, I think, I, we have a great shot. I really do. I, I I can't compare the speed to anything else, but it felt great to me. Um, we'll see. But no, I think I think as a team we've been really good about saving tires and having very good long run except cars. For except for you know plows down. So <laughs> when uh, uh, Jeremy was talking about dive bombs, you know, Smiles plows down this week. So you know we know that. But uh, yeah. everybody else, you know, we've been really good at being able to save save our cars and right. have some pretty decent long-run speed. Um, I heard it through the grapevine. We do have uh, Briggs Woke and, oh. Uh, oh. this week. And uh, if there is somebody that I know that is incredible on long run, it's Briggs Woke. <laughs> Briggs can run some long-run mm-hmm. cars. So... Good. We're gonna, we'll, we'll have some more. Bring them, what's bringing them our way? What, what makes that go down? Oh, who knows? Who knows? Fair enough. That's fine. We're uh, going to lose a spin and gain a swoop. I'm in. That's 
progress right there. That's yeah, how you get a new league. Things, things are looking up, boys. <laughs> yeah. And then even better, Jeremy, if you're going to Bloom, all you're going to miss is the all-star race. It won't even cost you any points. I know oh. you care so deeply about that. Oh, that's perfect. So yeah. perfect. Maybe I'll go to Bloom yeah. now. Oh. I still can't go to Bloom. Yeah, no, no. Vegas was fun, man. It was a good time. It was. Uh, it's cha- It's a challenging track. It was. It was a challenge. Corners are different both ends. Um, you know, try and like Josh said, the perfect answer was like not knowing how much to save for how long till it was go time, and hoping the guy in front of you fell off enough that you had enough left. And it was just a. It's a guess, and I think the car actually felt better for me late in that race. I don't know if it was temperature. I don't know if it was rubber. I don't know what felt different, but the car was you know a little. It to me it it swung loose during the first run, first part of that race. That last half of that race, man, the balance was perfect. I don't know if I just did something different in tires, saved something better, but I was, that thing was a rocket ship at the end, and I, I, it's been fun. It's been fun to do so far. Jimmy is back. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm back. I'm back. Are you racing this week? Are you going to race? I Iowa? plan on it. I plan on it. Um, You're going to stay awake? I'm, yeah, I'll stay awake this time hopefully okay. we're, not doing, we're not doing a podcast on a, on a tuesday what hey, else I was is coming this before week, that race uh, too for <laughs> what else well, we got up? tomorrow night we got posse like always just a, another regular show we're gonna go to lernerville again yeah so, we're at lernerville one of the last regular shows of the year there um dob though dirty old bastards 360 nationals start tomorrow night uh, a lot of us are entered on tuesday night um it's going to be interesting um, we also got it started tonight the iRacing Knoxville National, so it's going to be Knoxville Fever still, Fever here still for another week on iRacing. Um, three sixty Nationals, I, it's three sixty Nationals, and they're doing Ironman fifty five over the weekend, and then going into the big Nationals next week. That's Dirty Old Bastards, um, great league partner league to the Posse League, Quasi. Yeah. Yeah, quasi partner league. They're basically our outlaws to our posse. It's an awesome, it's an awesome little uh, partnership. Um, you know, it's awesome. There's already over a hundred people entered, so there's fifty cars each night, which is pretty wild. We pretty much have the same amount. This is for three sixty nationals uh, starting tomorrow night, so it's pretty awesome. Um, great event that they put on. Uh, what have what are you guys feeling about your chances? I don't. I'm not. I'm hoping I just make the B main. <laughs> not not feeling good, Josh. Zero. I have zero percent chance. <laughs> You're not running. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I made DA last year in the 360 Nationals and the 410 Nationals. Raced that league a long time, but I have not been on Knoxville in a long time. And I'm hearing that the uh, wonky ass broken eye racing setups are what you need early, uh, which I'm not a big fan of at all. Uh, that much percent, which like Josh gave me, you know, zero percent liking that shit so if i can get through time trials and uh you know get a good decent start in a heat race uh i think i like my shot at it but we'll see uh you never know chris <laughs> uh there's no expectations here <laughs> I mean, i've been, been running good at knoxville in the 410 anyway i mean we race in an official thing but knoxville is not one of those places that i historically do well at i'm good at not wrecking there i'm just not fast um but i think i maybe hit on some stuff that i was missing but dob it's they're, they're so tough um yeah. field's tough there's not there's no it's, it's a tough field right so uh that's the point of it that's what makes it fun and, and it's what intrigues me to want to go do it 
Um, if I somehow weasel my way into the A main on Thursday, I'm probably just going to drink myself to death during the race. Because there's no, because I'm going to finish 24th anyway. So I might as well just, it's going to be rough. I'll, I'll be happy to be at any of the A mains, to be honest. Yeah, Jimmy, hell, Jimmy what hell. are you th- what are you looking at going into it? Uh like I said, I hope I just kind of make the B main. I'm not great at Knoxville. Um not honestly the biggest fan of Knoxville in real life or on iRacing. I just I witnessed the other day. Yes. Yeah, I just don't think that I think the track's a little overrated. I do think it's a nice track, don't get me wrong and all that, but I just don't run very well there. Um I, I ran one official this past week. Me and Chris were the one and two cars. I think I finished. I finished fourth. Finished fourth. I got black flag because of some gypsy moth. We're basically running third and fourth, and you know, we were basically running there. We couldn't go anywhere. And then once the it, one restart, a guy passed me on the outside and then hit the brakes. But so I got black flag. I'm like, you're. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sucked. But either way, it was still it was hammered down until about twelve to go. And right. Once it slicked off, it got fun because then you could either you really had to hit that cushion right, just like in real Knoxville, or right. there's no bottom yeah. line though. That choppy. Um, I don't know. That's the only thing. I, I, it's nice when there's a bottom line that comes in. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just looking to have some fun, you know, just not really going in with any expectations or anything. Just really, the only reason I'm running is because all you sons of bitches are running it, and I'm gonna feel left out. So. I think the best part is the no mirrors thing. I love running the no mirror thing when I know everyone else isn't running a mirror because they're looking out for you. Unlike if I was doing it on the official, I know I'm going to get truck sticked. So, yeah. how do you know they're not running no mirrors? You don't you'll know. know. You it's don't, a, but you'll know. Everyone's like, agreement. But you can usually tell if someone's running a mirror. They, right. To some degree. And they just don't want no mirror driving. Like, that's really You can tell when I'm running a mirror because walking I can't walking. hear shit. So, what the hell is I'm that? Moving, I'm moving the hell out of the way, so I can't hear oh, there's a car oh. there. So I'm using the mirror. So if I see someone running me down, running the top, once they pass me, I'm just driving to the bottom before they even get there. I'm not getting in their way. I'm doing the opposite, saving my race car. But I can't hear a car really well. I'm not good at that yet. Fun fact. Well, that's going to take care of it for iRacing this week. We're going to get into our final segment here, Drink It or Dump It. That's right. Drink it or dump it. Look at the fancy new logo. Uh, basically, this is the segment where we all go around round table, and we want to hear from you guys all still out there hanging out with us. Who was your who who are you cheers into this week? And who are you pouring one out for? Um, you know, from the racing weekend could be for many, just in general from the racing weekend. Let's let's go with Chris first. Chris, like, who are you drinking it and who are you dumping it? So who wants to go and just get the Dunny shots off the board? Like, just take it away. <laughs> I thought about it. I thought about it, but I think I'm going to go with the dump it first. Tyler Reddick. <laughs> oh Such a shit day on Sunday. And it's the first – I mean, it's not a big deal, obviously. It's the first one all year. I think he's been basically non-factor from the drop of the green. He, he um, literally, from the start of the green, he spun out. Spun <laughs> out, and then it was just – what a – what a bad day. So I'm, I'm guessing they're trying something. It just didn't go well. Um, winner. I mean, Don Don, easy, easy pick. But yeah, I, how cool if your task were Phillips 
to put it in a show at your home race, that's big to me. Like having a local guy, that's our PA posse in Knoxville putting in a big dance. That's my drink it up. Like drink it right there. Tasker Phillips. Tasker Phillips. For just putting it in the show. Because his expectations going to that week is not to win it. I mean, sure, it's the dream and the goal. But a guy like that is just Back there. Tasker Phillips is he's a full-time farmer. Right. And just doing the local. Made it into the show on his prelim night. It is as cool as one of, like, when Brock Zierfrost beat the Outlaws at Williams Grove before he was a full-time Outlaw. It's, it's like that guy It's not a full-time racer. Puts it the biggest show. His, his week's made. His year's the, made. But the Cinderella show. story. Right. It's, I mean... Yeah, I skipped, I, a low, I, you skipped, you skipped a low hanging Donnie Shots fruit. Yeah. yeah, FDS over here. Let me just, I'm about to fire off here. <laughs> oh, here we go. We do logo. logo change. Logo change. This son Wait. of a bitch, I, uh, we ask, this is a winner loser segment. What do we want to name it? He comes <laughs> up with Drink It or Dump It. It catches on. It's a pretty damn good name. It's one reason why we had him on the show last week. He's in the well, chat. He sometimes have good ideas. He's so called. Yeah, he somehow has in the chat though. <laughs> loser or winner? Losers. You're the one that came <laughs> You came up with I, the I saw that. Figure it out. Figure it out, bud. Use the right <laughs> nomenclature. I have a new loser this week. Yeah. <laughs> it's not loser. You're dumping it out. The literal <laughs> segment. <laughs> Stick to the brand. Stick to the brand. It's literally his brand. It's literally his. He, he, no, no. Yeah, it. Drink it or dump it. Fucking Guess dump it's trademarked it now. Too late, dum dum. I just patented it. <laughs> trademarked. So so Smeals, Smeals going with, with Donnie Shots and Kyle fucking Bush as his loser. Those are pretty. Those are good ones. Those are good ones. It would take the low hanging fruit. This son of a bitch. Hold on. Logo change. I will fight you up. <laughs> Can we just let Jeremy or Josh go? Right, Jeremy, you Jeremy, you're wasting the fire off segments. I'm struggling with the dump it, but I think I just figured it out. Um, <laughs> but drink it is the fans this weekend. Local Pennsylvania fans got to see Troy Wagaman and Billy Dietrich win races. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a mains that they're both definitely crowd favorites, and that was you know if you're gonna have a week where the 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 quote-unquote big guys are gone, uh, which they weren't. They just didn't either race or I don't or didn't make the A-Main at Knoxville. Um, Billy Dietrich and Troy Wagaman Jr. winning races. Uh, you know, crowd favorites, uh, the the underdogs per se, that's definitely my drink it. Um, my, my dump it, you know, I, I feel like this is a tough one, man. I, there, there's a few, but nothing that just like jumps out at me here. Um, you know, Knoxville didn't. There wasn't anything that crazy surprised me. Who didn't make it? We talked about that. Um, I, you know, I, I, it's easy to to pick out a NASCAR guy for that, but you know, Reddick was a good one. Um, but you know, you my dump it. You know, I, I think the dump it is, is you know, and it's not even like a shot here. It's just like PPM, man, that injury and mm-hmm. what he's going through this year, and you know, not not dump it. In a, yeah, not saying it, you know, dump it in a in a negative way that he did something wrong here it was like, uh, you know, no, loser dummy of the week, but man, just, just, a, just a tough deal, man, for sure. Yeah, that sucks. It sucks. He's uh, it's he's he second one. Is he second in the all-star points or where's he at? Where was he at? All-star points. 
uh, I think he's back further than second. Not far. Courtney Not Sherman, still. maybe. Because Peck has to be right there. Okay, Courtney Peck, Schoenberg, PPM. Zeb. PPM missed a couple of races. Right. At the beginning of the uh, season. That's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, up, but this is what I was saying. This is why I was firing off on Spiel. It's not just a winner and loser. It's like, who do you want to give a shout out positive to? And who do you want to like, dump? It could be pour one out for the homie or it could be you suck, man. It could be whatever. So, um, Josh, you go next. Okay. So my drink it is Pat Gibbs. You know, going to Richmond, the week, you know, the getting, getting the week after he's on the podcast talking about like how he looks up to Kyle Bush and Kyle Larson and, you know, like all of this stuff, getting to rub fenders with them and get experience with the people he grew up watching race. Like, not many racers were ever going to get that opportunity. And he did it and he capitalized on it, you know, and he made, you know, made a good impression. So that's my drink it. My dump it. <laughs> After the full throttle Richmond race. Oh, God. Going back and looking at the replay, there was a guy that we saw that had an incident on the last lap that affected some people on the stuff. And he was having a lot of trouble getting his car to turn. And after looking at the replay... Don't know how many laps, but four more than one lap, a couple laps. They were running around <laughs> Richmond with a flat. I thought it was Vegas. You guys were at Vegas. It was Vegas. It was Vegas. Vegas. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's Richmond. With it took me way too long to figure out where he was going with this. <laughs> right tire. Running around the racetrack with a flat right tire. And then got in the way and wrecked a lead lap car going to the finish. It's David Spiels, my dump it. <laughs> <laughs> it took me, when you said Richmond, he had me so thrown off. I'm like, what the hell is he yeah, going on? And then the more I listen to him, I'm like, oh, I know where it's going. I almost forgot about this. This would have been my fire off because I was so bad <laughs> as it was that night with how that could have been avoided. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was so mad and trying to help and be like, hey, look, man, look, this is how you can avoid this. This is, you know, let me let me try to help you. And then he wanted to blame it on literally the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, <laughs> the cars on the track. The wall was too close. My car wouldn't turn. I had to turn 190 degrees. None of that was his fault. And then finally got around to it and went, everyone's yelling at me. Okay, I said, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> and then, then... We find out the goddamn tire was flat for four laps. <laughs> Are you kidding? We go, look, we go look at the replay, and all you hear is thump, 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 thump. Going 130 miles an hour, wondering why the car won't turn magically. And then go, well, oh, look at the cars behind me. Well, no shit. You have no regard for the other cars on the track. <laughs> Clearly, your history has told us that. Yeah, we need the other one. Oh, well done, Josh. That was great. I love it. FDS, FDS till we die. That is why that 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 in a microcosm right there. If people outside of our circle here, why do you guys say FDS? That is it's someone who does shit like that. A guy who does no, that. No, what, anybody. A guy 
boy, girl, donkey, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to pull this up, too, real quick. A guy <laughs> who does this. <laughs> four. This is teammate. Championship he's four. Teammate while the teammates in the championship four. You run an entire season. Championship four. You're, he was a lap down, wasn't he? No. Yeah. Well, he was until the caution came out. He was. He got all excited. He's on lead lap again. He, <laughs> he got his lucky dog off that. <laughs> it's green, white, checker, championship four. Are running one through four. Chris was one of them. Smeal's out of it. What does he do in, in the final lap? Says Chris went into the corner too slow. Right there. <laughs> right there, ladies and gentlemen. FD. <laughs> Figure it out, but... All right. We need that thing like Jimmy. flashing. It's Jimmy's turn. <laughs> so, my drink it. I'm going to drink it for two people. I'm going to split them. I'm going to do half. Chris Busher and Eric Almarola. I thought they had absolutely amazing runs this past week. Um, Chris Busher has been impressing. Eric Almarola, half because he was he carried my DraftKings team, even though I didn't win any money, but he was awesome. Uh, he really just missed it in qualifying and, uh, he was definitely one of the fastest cars out there. He's really helping that Stuart Haas team come around. You know, I mean, Briscoe got the win earlier in the year. Harvick has really turned it around here the past two months. Obviously got the back-to-back wins. It's huge. Put that last comment on the screen. Leave it up oh. forever. This there is it is. <laughs> you know what? FDS. Yeah, just go ahead and keep talking. Leave it up and just. <laughs> so anyway, so I want to give Eric Amarola a shout out. You know, the guy's last year, supposed to be in the last year of his career. Obviously, that's not going to happen. He's got to stay in there. Um, you know, Cole Custer's been struggling. That whole team was struggling for a good part of the year. <laughs> Bring up the FDS again. I, I gotta, I gotta do this. There it is. There it is. All right, thank you. Uh, it's actually just gonna be a sticker coming now. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I want to give them the shout out. They both had very great runs. Chris Busher is really coming on. Uh, good for him. It's good to see some of these guys up there. You know, Chris Busher's definitely a guy that has a lot of talent, and it's good to see that team come around. And Amarola's always been kind of underrated in, to an extent, um, but never really did anything in that car too much. So it's good to see him really want run well, if it is his last season, if it's not, whatever. Might dump it. I got to do it, homies. Do it. What are you doing? Wow. BZ3, man. It, it was tough. That totally ruined my nationals. Uh, as a viewing, as as a fan, as a viewer, I mean, it, 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 uh, I don't like. I said I I put sixty forty on blame on him. I knew what he was doing. Uh, I think everybody did. You're running for the Knoxville Nationals. It was just such a bummer because uh, I don't know. I really thought he was definitely. I I made the bold prediction last week that he was going to make it on his prelim night. He missed the invert totally. He qualified for 41st and missed it by one spot. Uh, I, I think even at one point, didn't I ask you how Harley White and McKenna Hasse have more points than him? Yeah, you did. And it, 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 that it, was it, me. It pained me. It pained me. <laughs> so, Brock definitely no had. No offense. Those girls are badass. No offense. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And and Brock definitely had the speed, too. I think I think he uh, he went out pretty late in his qualifying. So, I'm not making excuses, but. Just to clarify, he, only... definitely, he definitely had the speed there. 
to get up into the top four, and he kind of so he kind of himself out of it. Only outlaw behind Brock was Craig Kenzer. Is that accurate? No, Bill Rose. He doesn't stop it. Bill Rose he is a wild. He's got head issues. Um, <laughs> now we're gonna do a yeah, but for everybody, okay. Casey Kane ran like four was, races all year. It was Brock. It's fine. I'm just. I'm did just, Noah Gas beat him? No, he did. <laughs> Noah Gas did not beat him, so he's behind. Oh, him. there we go. Did he lose Progress. the fight afterward? He didn't he wasn't really in the fight. Oh, I want to <laughs> dump it. I want to dump it to Brock's. I'm pretty sure girlfriend. <laughs> Oh, yo, put this on social Don't media. put this on social media. Guess what? Too late. The same guy goes and interviews him immediately after, and Brock right. is Brock's there for it. I will, I will, I will cheers him on that. You know what I mean? Just, uh, I thought that was, I, I, I like the fire in him, even though if he was wrong. But I just, you know, a bad nationals for him. That was his worst nationals I have all the times he's been going there. So, um, yeah. Dump it out for your boss. Dump it out. Good shit. Worst thing you can say. Don't put this on social media. It's over. Like put put me on like a driver's seat. Like don't push that button. Like it's happening. I I understand what she was saying though. It's kind of ridiculous. You have a you have a you have this big goofball (laughs) in overalls who's been sitting up in the grandstands. Those are the ones yeah. you gotta watch out for. Those are and the ones down you in your pit area harassing who's, you. Who's the goofball in Iowa in middle of cornfields? The guy in overalls makes sense. Everyone else is weird. I know. That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying he's he's definitely not a crew member. So get the fuck out of his business. But you know, whatever. Yeah, know. It is what it is. That's what big script sprint car sprint car get, uh, racing great is that the drivers are so accessible for you to talk shit to. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy that yells at Christopher Bell every time he flips by. Christopher Bell's a bitch. That's, that's, I'll stand by that forever. So <laughs> whatever. We got Was the Swindell up. car the best appearing car? It yes, was a hundred percent. I mean, it, it won the award. Yes. Yeah, it should. It should have. It was very nice. But Christopher Bell wasn't in it, so that's probably why it won. That's why it was better. That's in why Jimmy's Justin, opinion. Justin Sanders locked it. Let's be real, guys. I mean, I'm not trying to take anything away from anybody. When we're talking format, Justin Sanders locked into the top 16. Get he the did. fuck out of my face. <laughs> it's good to see that Swindell figured it out. Finally. Well, after I mean, for a while. Just, yeah. True. Until it didn't. But <laughs> it worked until it didn't. Anything else? Oh, um, I got one more thing, real Ooh. quick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yep. That's it. Can confirm. Hey, appreciate you having me again, boys. Good hey, time, thanks. Thank you for coming out. Thank you all so much for subscribing. Thank you guys all for listening. Thank you all for hanging out with us. Uh, we'll be up. This will be up on Spotify. If you're listening on Spotify, thank you for so much for giving your time to us and hanging out and uh we want to hear put a comment on the video um come hang out with us next week we want to hear your drink it or dump it you know we want to get you guys involved so you guys make this thing go around so thank you all for hanging out with us for the two hours and 38 minutes that we've been on the air so we were trying to keep it shorter this week. What happened? I know. We were we were there. We were, had a good pace. I was trying to keep us going, man. Like you that, were, you know, were, you were trying to keep because I'm part of the problem for sure. No, the key is Brett Perigo next week. Brett Perigo next week. Next, Brett Perigo next week. Jeremy back next week. 
coming back hey, next hey, week. Hey, if you want, y'all want me to have, I'll sit here and listen in and, and chime in here and there. If y'all want, I will be here. We can we can arrange. Oh, by the way, earlier comment from who was it? I won't tell you who it was. Where's he at? Rip the cushion. That is Tyson Landis from uh, Wicked Cushion, Brent Mark Sim Team. So Tyson was listening in. Appreciate Tyson listening. Kr, I think was doing a broadcast tonight, so he wasn't able to listen live. Um, so I'm sure he'll check in and listen to it a little bit. And, you know, even though the show's long, like I love this, so people could just segment and listen to a little bit, come back, listen to it. They don't need to sit here and listen to two hours and forty minutes straight through because. I mean, if I was on the other side of it, I, I, I love y'all, so I would. But, like, the casual fan could be like, hey, I'm not a NASCAR guy. I want to hear the dirt stuff, right? Uh, I'm not a dirt guy. I want to hear the NASCAR stuff. So, you know, there's enough content, enough stuff to listen to and have an opinion. And hopefully, the you know, these folks will come back and comment and keep it moving. Yeah. Thank you all very much. Yeah. Really, really I know. Wicked Cushion, absolutely incredible branding. It's Australian and dirt. Nailed it. Like, that is the coolest, like, Australian, like, <laughs> incredible. Oh, uh, wow. We're, we're going to get out of here. Clearly, the Heinekens has gotten to his head. Sleep deprivation has taken over. No, I, 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 think, I think that was right. So. I mean, I, wait, wait, what part was right? What What are you talking about? Wicked cushion. I just like it. What's what? Australian about it? Oh, wicked. It's wicked. It's wicked. <laughs> oh. Are they from Australia? No. <laughs> no. Ooh, well, I see why there's confusion now. Very much. Uh, I'm closely tied into this brand, so I thought they were. I just assumed they were Australian because all the Australians in dirt, like midnight, oh. one o'clock in the morning. Wicked piss up. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's an apparel brand. This is what it started. You at. almost sure. nailed it. Wicked cushion almost That's, nailed it. Okay, and it was sold to support race teams, right? And that's how it kind of got going. It went into Wicked Energy Gum, Wicked Relief Gum, went into a few different things. Which Matt, wicked, had, wicked Relief Gum? I think they sponsored Casey Kane. Uh, wicked Energy Gum was supposed to it was orange and black, and that was right when Nas signed and World of Outlaws screwed that whole deal up. Um, very similar to the Rico Abreu issue with Rowdy Energy. So remember I mentioned that in the Discord about that was a Wicked Cushion thing. The Wicked Energy gum was an issue. So Matthew Henniger, which you probably haven't seen him in the circles, Matt Henniger comes out to DOB, some posse stuff. He is the uh, the founder, owner of Wicked Cushion and uh, got tied in with their group in iRacing is kind of how it all started. I, I got into the UWU race team on iRacing early on with Chris Brenner and Michael Sheridan and uh, KR, they were all on that team and Wicked Cushion was just getting going and they were all Wicked Cushion sponsored with Matt Henniger and it kind of grew and grew and grew and things have kind of fizzled a little bit, but that, that group is still alive. So the, And that's been spinoffs of that. We had Dave Blaney Sim Team, uh, the Casey Kane Sim Team early on, now the Brent Mark Sim Team, um, and uh, like the Elbows Up guys who like Billy Rally and a couple of those guys are all kind of under this Wicked Cushion umbrella. So we have a group chat on Facebook, the Wicked Cushion guys, and uh, you know, a hell of a group of guys. And that's kind of what Wicked Cushion is. It's not as prominent right now in the circles. Matt took a step back a little bit, uh, but he he's still out there. Uh, hell of a nice guy, Matt Henniger. So, and he sponsors some real cars. He has uh, his name on Michael Millard's car. I question that decision, but you know, hey, it's his money, not mine. He was leaving uh, the other day. 
He was. He led a lot of that. Yeah, he had a good race. Um, and then uh, Kyle Keen. He sponsored Kyle Keen, Chris Verda out in Ohio. Um, at times, uh, Carl Bowser in Western PA. He sponsored a little bit over the years. So, hey, maybe maybe he sponsors Turn Two Terribles here in the future. You never know. Uh, Still a great big name. Sponsor, big sponsor was SprintCarUnlimited.com. He sponsors segments on there. So Which, definitely still involved a little bit. Shouts out to SprintCarUnlimited.com. Jeremy Elliott is the official vice president to me of the Sheldon Hodden Shield Haters Club. It's official. <laughs> um, it's only it's a joke. It's a joke. Shout out Jeremy Elliott. I love what he does over there. But that's a little bit about Wicked Cushion. It is uh, very American, but you'll see guys in Australia. <laughs> because they're related to these people. We're all one big Irish. It's kind of an iRacing community, you know, kind of a group there like Craig Dunn. Um, Craig Dunn. He runs Boy. 57. Yep. He's, yeah, awesome. he's Ozzie, that group. Ozzie, Ozzie. Living in the Maybe future in Australia. Maybe that's why I thought it. He was in the chat last week, wasn't he? Probably. Yes. He was in the yeah, chat. That's why. I, okay. All right. All right. Yep. Craig Dunn is our Australian brethren. I feel like, uh, I feel like Craig got profiled <laughs> with Wicked Energy Gum <laughs> or Wicked Cushion or whatever. Well, I mean, kind of a little bit, right? But <laughs> a lot of us don't run Wicked Cushion as a prominent on our cars anymore. Um, like a Brent Mark Sim team, right? We all run the kind of the Brent stuff. So you don't see as much Wicked Cushion because they kind of branched out and they've done other things. But I think Craig runs WC on top of his top wing. Uh, and it's yellow, so I think it's pretty prominent. You'll see it there. So it's probably where you see on your top wing. It's the on center? there, yeah. Um, like it's black. It's red and white, though, isn't it? The match it's black, color. red, and white, typically. Yeah, I, I can't remember where it's out of my car right now, but yeah, for sure. Anyway, cool. That's uh, that's sorry to wicked cushion. That yeah. might be the smartest <laughs> segment we've had all night, boys. It, it definitely is. Oh, God. Right, Shut it down. All right. Time to go. Griffey's here. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get the show banned if you don't get out of here right now. Austin, Austin Griffey, before we go, give us your trick it or dump it for the weekend. Real quick. Oh, you got you got about five seconds. You asked for this. Give us your drink it or dump it. You know what the segment means. Probably more than Smeal. And probably Smeal came up with the name. Give, give it away. So I'll wait for him. Brett, hold on. We'll, we'll, Perigo next week. My what? We'll teach you for next time. Oh. Wait, what? What? Give us your Austin Griffey. Give us your drink it or dump it. Give us a guy that you thought was good from this past weekend and give us a guy that you thought. We're just a general topic. What was great? What was good? What was bad? What was good? What was bad this weekend? Drink it or dump it. Uh, underage edition. Your milk. Underage. Yeah. What are you drinking milk? Your Pepsi, you dump your milk. Pepsi with real sugar. Austin Griffey, new, newly 18 years old. With real sugar. He's real finally sugar. able to watch the podcast. <laughs> Don, Don, Don as is, as is drink it. Fair. Well, fair, 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 well, fair. I like it. I like it. I like it. His dump it should be me yelling at him in posse last night why he was being an idiot, but it wasn't him. It was just another white pink car. Yeah, I was not, second last night. Oh, I was so hot. <laughs> oh. Nope. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. There it is. There it is. I don't and with that, we are this, out. This one, we're out. We Brett are. Perigo next week. Jeremy, hopefully you're back. Perigo next week. <laughs> And we're not going to say that on the air, but you could read it for yourself. Nope, that's Austin how you Griffey get canceled. God bless you. Give, give some love to Grandma Griffey for me. 
She's looking for us. Griffey's a real one, bro. Yeah, for real. I gave her the old at Williams Grove a few weeks ago, the old heart through the fence. So she, I was in the infield and she was on the back stretch and she gave it back to me. She she's she's a real one. Yeah, she's determined to go see what about all eight miles at Williams Grove this week. Hello, yeah. high water, she said. Oh, yeah. It's in order right out. She's like, I'm going. I'm like, I don't know. She goes, if you're not there, I'm gonna kick your ass. I'm like, whoa. She goes, and she asked what my boyfriend was, and apparently Alex has been missing too. I might go to that too. Yeah, I thought it was you too, but apparently it's Alex. Weird. <laughs> Strange. Shouts out Alex Robinson. <laughs> Renegades of Dirt were in North Carolina this week. I'm not really sure how it went, but I just did he go? He, he, was there. he was there. His truck yeah. made it? Yeah, his truck made it. He said about renting a car. I wonder if which one he did there. <laughs> All right. We got to get out of here. All right, we got to go. <laughs> Remember, FDS. Thanks a lot, guys, for checking us out. We out. Tonight's second place finisher. Plenty of fans here, Brett, and a solid second place finish. Yeah, I got to shout out the uh, Turn 2 Terror Boards over there. Uh, they're all a bunch of good guys to hang out with, talk to. I, I really like them.